back to another episode of the Just F and Senate podcast. I just had something funky happen right here. I just saw it bleep out, but it comes back in. It's recording 14 seconds in. Um, I've got my man, Eric Cortina. He is, if you've been watching anything on the internet in the last like three months specifically, I mean, obviously he's been around much more than that, but he's really caught fire and put fire under people's asses in the reloading room. Uh, in the last three months or so, when he started his his YouTube channel as geared towards reloading, simply to dispel myths and and whatnot, he uh, he he is def- you've definitely seen him. But um, Eric, uh, appreciate you coming on tonight, man. I've been I've been wanting for a while. I've been wanting to do a podcast with that's with a an authority on the subject of reloading because I'm a reloader and. I I do pretty decent at reloading, but I know there's a lot I want to learn. And I'm just trying to rack my brain who it is. And then you popped up and said, oh, my God, Eric is the perfect guy. Well, thank you. So if you want to give everybody just a rundown on uh, just, you know, not, I don't even know your childhood, but just a basic rundown of kind of like where you got started in shooting and then how reloading became such an easy thing for you because you, you're when talking about your reloading, it just seems so easy. Well, so let me start with, uh, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Um, and, uh, this, this entire thing started back. Oh, I'm going to say 15 years ago or so. And, uh, I, I was just a hunter. I, 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 uh, I just love hunting. It was probably longer than that, but anyway, um, I just got into hunting really heavily, and I used to buy all this ammunition. And uh, my ver- my very first rifle was a 243 Savage 110. Okay, and uh, anybody that follows me knows that I I'm not a big fan of Savage, and and it's because I own one. And 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 I, what I tell people is like I I that's that one that Savage 110. Taught me how to hate savages. That, that, I, I had a 111 and 270, so I know exactly and, what you're saying. But I anyway, we, we, we can get into that later. But but I used to buy ammunition for it, and uh, oh my god, I, I found myself always going after the 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 pointier bullet and the in the man. I used to shoot uh, 100 grain bullets out of it, and then and then I found out that Winchester made the silver tip in 55 grain bullets on a on a 243, and my goodness, I was just Oof heaven for me and they were so pointy and so shiny and and all yeah but but they they didn't shoot very good right and i i couldn't understand um but uh so so uh i just couldn't understand why they didn't shoot so so what i did you know this is back to to ignorance right uh i thought well i'm just not a very good shooter which I wasn't, don't get me wrong, but I, I just wasn't a good shooter. But at the same time, I'm like, there's no way I'm that bad. Like, that's terrible. Like, I suck at this. So uh, I I used to be a welder, so I had a, a, a vice. So I, I literally clamped the rifle in the vice, and I'm like, okay, now the summer guy's not moving. <laughs> so now I'm going to find and, – and the groups, yeah, they got better, but they did not – they were not touching. And I they said, what great. the heck? Yeah, and I said, what the heck? I'm like, I need more ammo. And, you know, I'd go read the internet and like, oh, you got to try like a million different types of ammunition. And, you know, I mean, I was, man, I was dead broke. And I, the last thing I needed to do is, 
be out buying ammunition. Yeah, right? go spend would, a whole bunch of damn money on on some ammo that probably ain't gonna shoot much better. And, than shit and that's what with. I did, and uh, and it just it just never got better. Um, so you know, again, this just kind of going down the rabbit hole, and, and then saved up some money. I'm like, well, I guess I'm gonna rebarrel this rifle because the barrel's obviously not good, and spend money on the barrel. And then the gunsmith's like, well, I, you can't get a bigger barrel because the stock doesn't work with that. Well, gotta get another stock, and you know, just just just. Just, yeah, we've all been down know. that rabbit hole. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. And everything I read told me that's what I'm supposed to do, right? So, for, you know, I kind of did that. And then uh, uh, from a 243, I went to a 22-250, actually improved. And uh, then I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm done with this. I'm just going to reload. I'm just going to learn how to re- reload. Because I, I had bought another rifle. It was a 264 Winchester Magnum. And I couldn't buy ammo for that, really. So I'm like, really. I'm just going to start reloading. That's what I did. You know, I bought me a, you know, a reloading kit, which is, by the way, the worst thing you can do. Because there's so much stuff in there that you don't need. And I need to do a video on that. Because I'm, the point is, I'm trying to save you guys money and time and frustration. And all this that I teach, what I, you know, the, all the videos that I make about the what I call the common sense reloading is... Some of this, most of the stuff that you read online is nothing but pure BS. The problem is that the dogma. guys saying it don't know that. And yeah, you know dogma. how I know that? Because I was there. I was there like 10, I'm going to say 15 years ago. I was that guy. I was 100% sure that I knew what I was talking about. And now that I look back, I'm, I, and I realize, heck, even today though, see, even today people, I'm like one of the few that are, that are the things that I say, people go, that goes against everything I have learned, which yeah. is which is weird to me uh, because most of the competition shooters that I that I know, uh, we reload very close to the same way. But see, nobody talks about that. If you're not in that circle, yeah. you're not they're not. But but anyway, so let me go back to that. And uh, so I started reloading and. Oh, well, you got a neck size. You, know, you got a neck size. You got a neck uh, size. So that's where I started neck size. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, I started neck sizing because it's, it, oh, my God, my my brass is going to last forever. And it's a, it's a, it's an actually improved, so my grass is not going to grow. And the accuracy is going to be phenomenal because, you know, I, I was chasing accuracy. Sure. Well. You get bit by that bug, you're going to do yeah, what it yeah. takes to, to attain that. You, the, the, it's like an obsession to oh, see yeah. how tight you can get that little group, even though that deer is no more dead with a rifle shooting this or a rifle shooting that. It's still it's a, an obsession. And, you know, it's where it's a sickness. Yeah, it's, that we all it's a sickness. From. Correct. It is a sickness. <clears throat> but so anyway, um, I. Started reloading for the 22-250, actually improved, and uh, you know it was shooting good. It was shooting, it was shooting a lot better than the 243, so I was happy. And uh, finally, I got invited to a hunt, and this is at a 10,000 acre ranch, huge ranch, and I mean this was my dream, right? Because I used to hunt just here at a place where my dad worked, and uh, there was nothing to shoot at. Uh, so I go to this ranch, and there's just game everywhere. So, uh, finally we come on to some hogs, right? And I'm like, here's, you know, this is what I've been practicing for. Oh yeah. And I, I get off that high rack cause we have to get on the ground and we walk for a little while 
and uh, finally get a shot at, at the hogs. And uh, I I managed to chamber around because it was I could, it was really hard to close the bolt because you know neck sizing. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I I shoot one and run off and then it was a big open field and then they stop again and I'm like I'm gonna get me another one. I couldn't for the life of me close the bolt on the next round. Um, and that right there. And the thing is, I had no idea why that bolt wasn't closing. I had that's at the, the time. Worst part. Yeah, at the time, I had, and that's the worst part because, and even today, people argue with me that as long as that brass comes out of that chamber, it cannot be bigger than that chamber, which is is wrong. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, and for the life of me, I couldn't figure out why I couldn't chamber that round. So that entire weekend that I was at this dream place for me to hunt i couldn't chamber a freaking round in my rifle you God. know what i mean yeah it was it was all just, the time you spent in that exactly. loading process with that rifle and now i mean you might as well be throw the damn thing oh out my it. god so anyway that was my experience with that so uh, you know fast forward a, a year or two and then i get invited to go hunt in uh, colorado we're gonna go hunt elk oh and uh, of course, I got my 264 wood mag, right? And uh, I saved up to buy this. You don't even know. I bought the top of the line scope, like stuff we don't even see today. So this, this was the, wait, wait, wait. This was so fit. You said about what at this point? This what is, 14 about, years ago? Is, 2006? Yeah, is, seven? So we're talking about 2007 now. This okay. I think 2007 is when I first went hunting. 2006. Maybe so this was a Mark four. Oh no, you don't even know. I I I saved up money. I did research left and right, and I went and bought me a sniper scope. Okay, I bought me a Nikon Pro Master Pro Staff or whatever with <laughs> a with a mil dot reticle. You don't even. I was a sniper man. They had oh, a yeah. mil dot reticle. Okay, so it means you're automatically a sniper. Yeah, I mean By all default. the reading that I did on the internet said. So That's what I'm supposed to buy. Yeah, because and, Nikon is Nikon's known in the sniper community as, as the go-to. Oh yeah, so I bought this low drag. I bought this really big scope uh, with the anyway. And when when I was there to buy it, there was a guy there, and he's like, "I know you don't know who I am, but you should probably get that burst. It's it's a better scope." I'm like, "No, all the reading that I did." So anyway, I bought the Nikon. Whatever. I mean, it was a, it was a, it was the best scope that I had at the time, you know. So we go hunt and we get to Colorado and I realized, I mean, I had, I had a wind meter, I had, I had my dope chart, I had everything, but I never shot 400 yards, 500. So I'm sitting there going, now it's real. Now I'm there. I'm hunting. And then I'm like, what am I gonna do if I see an elk at 400 yards? Like. Literally, what am I going to do? I mean, am I going to take a shot? Am I going to trust that I'm going to hit it and not and drop it? I've never done this before. You know, and then and then I started getting really nervous. And then I thought, this is stupid. Like, I put it all this time. And <laughs> this is stupid. It's a moment of self-reflection. Exactly. This is stupid in and the mountains that, in Colorado. Yeah, this is, this, is, this is stupid. This is stupid for me to do all this to come up here and then take a shot at something that I, you know, I, at the time, 400 yards for me was like just so
so long it's such a long distance and and on an animal and i thought what if i wounded you know and it's like i'm just gonna hate myself believe it or not i was so lucky that I did not see anything for an entire week. I just felt lucky that I didn't have to make the decision whether to pull the trigger or not. That's like a moment and of relief, you know. It is, and, and and that that was like that was just again that was just stupid to to put myself in that position. So I'm like never again. So when I got back to Texas, I'm like I'm gonna learn how to shoot long range. I had that rifle uh, rebarreled into a 300 Win Mag, and it was on. Got me a super sniper scope. That was my next scope. I got a one of power, uh, A fixed power 10 yep. uh, super sniper. And I uh, put on that rifle. And I think I also bought me a Mark IV Leopold. That was somewhere in there. But um, I I started asking around. And they said, well, there's, uh, there's some matches. They said, you need to look into F-Class. And I had no idea what that was. But close to me, about an hour away from me, they had a 500-yard club match every week. I mean, every month. And they were shooting F-Class. But I didn't know when that was. They just gave me the website. And I went to the website. I emailed some guy. He answered back. And he said, yeah, come come by on the third weekend of the month. So I show up <laughs> with my – at the time, I by then, I had a 708 uh, Remington rifle with my super sniper. And I was shooting like – Sierra bullets or something. Uh, I mean, I'm not trying to knock on Sierra, but it seems like when I did not, when I didn't know anything, that's what I was shooting. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not knocking on them. It's just what it was. And I think I was shooting, uh, what was I shooting? Like 150s or something like that. Whatever. I show up to the match and these guys were shooting high power, like ARs, like standing, sitting and kneeling. And, and I show up with a bolt action rifle with a super sniper scope. <laughs> they just looked at me like I was like I had a, a third head, you know. And uh, anyway, so they let me shoot because I was there, and I shot prone the whole time. Those guys were shooting standing and kneeling and all that stuff, and I won, you know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and and they're like, "Hey, good job!" And I, I was kind of a little proud of myself, right? But now yeah. looking back, I'm like, "Oh my god, that was so dumb!" Like I'm shooting prone, and those guys, and and I win, and I, I I thought I had achieved something, you know. But they told me, you know, you should come next weekend. That's when those shoot guys shoot from the top of the mountain over there. They shoot 500 yards prone. Oh, because oh, we we're only shooting 200 yards. Okay. And uh, anyway, whatever. So come back the next weekend, and boom, they're finally they're shooting prone, 500 yards, and I'm like. Finally, I finally find what I've been looking for. And uh, I walk up to the line and, you know, I'm like, hey, I'm just here to watch. And they're like, there was a guy there. His name is Mark Farr. And he's a silhouette shooter, but he was shooting a little bit effortless at the time. And he's a gunsmith out of uh, uh, Round Rock, Texas. But he's like, hey, yeah, yeah, whatever. How you doing? I'm like, good. I emailed you. He's like, yeah, come on. Uh you know, get ready because you're going to shoot. I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm just here to watch. He goes, no, no. I said, I didn't even bring a rifle. He goes, you can shoot mine. So he hands me a full-blown F-Class 223 FTR rifle. You know what I mean? And, I mean, full cluster. Yeah, and I was like, well, all right. And I don't remember my score. I mean, I'm sure it was just horrendous. But I was like, okay. Well, then they told me that they had another match. Uh, that was like at 9 a.m. and then they had another match at 1 p.m. 
as soon as that first match was over, I drove home an hour each way to get my my rifle to shoot. I mean, I was it was it was on. You know what I mean? You were hooked. Yeah, yeah, it was over. And I shot that uh, match a few months, and then Mark asked me to go to. Uh, he goes, "You want to go shoot a thousand yards?" I said, "Hell yeah, let's do it." So he invited me to Houston to go shoot a thousand yards. I'm like, "I'm gonna shoot my 300 win mag, you know, at a thousand yards." Oh so yeah, I load up big my, dog. Oh man, yeah, I load up my my <laughs> 300 win mag with 175 Sierra uh, Match Kings at 3100 feet per second. This thing was smoking. Oh yeah, and I was shooting off a of Harris bipod, and um, <laughs> so I was shooting Winchester brass, and I'm, I mean I'm gonna shoot a thousand yards now, so I bought normal brass, but don't forget the part that I was broke, so I bought only sixty pieces of normal brass. Cause see the match was sixty rounds, and I'm like I'll I'll, I'll buy sixty pieces of good brass, and then I'll use my Winchester brass for ciders. And then when it's time, when it's time to oh, yeah. go for record, I'll, I'll, I'll transition to my Norma. And, uh, and of course, looking at the ballistic tables, I'm like, these guys don't have a chance. You know, I mean, <laughs> this, thing, this thing is just, you know, because I kind of found out what they were shooting. And I'm like, oh, my God, these poor guys, I'm just going to smoke them. Well, no, I, guys <laughs> no. with 223s beat me. You know what I mean? My gun... So another realization I had is uh, different brass, different head stamps shoots drastically different at a thousand yards. Absolutely. <laughs> and yep. I found out that day on the line, <laughs> you know, the hard way. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, I was so lost. It was incredible. I mean, looking back, I was like, what was I doing? But, you know, that's me. I just jump in, you know, I just yeah. jump in and rock and roll you know what i mean so well i mean the way i look at it is what you just said you just you just jumped in and so that is is really is a school of thought of how people get into any of it is you go in like one of my first episodes that i talked about in regarding new shooters is your first one your, your first your second your third match it needs to be yeah, going into those matches, you need to have, like, as far as the PRS game, you need to have the mentality of, I'm going to eat a bucket of dicks here, and I need to At do least. that. So, so Right, yeah, or, or a, a 55-gallon drum. Of cop. <laughs> right, yeah. So that way I know what to expect, and I need to know what I need to work on, because you don't know what you don't know. Correct. And so that, to me, is, the, is really, unless you've got somebody – with you that uh you know on in your author practice time training time that can go through put you through paces before your first match or even then you're still going to eat shit but the fact is is that you know that is how you know okay these are the things that is going to be expected of me to do and these are the things that i really suck at and the things i need to work on so that what you did is really no different than what the majority of people do in these matches is just eat shit jumping in head first. That's what I tell people to do nowadays when they ask me, Hey, you know, I think I'm going to go watch a match. I'm like, no, load up and go shoot. You just, I said, you're going to have to eat shit for a long time. Might as well start now. I said, you're not going to get better. By it's watching. not going to taste better. Yeah. The shit it ain't going to taste matter. better. I said, it doesn't matter how many guys you watch shoot. It ain't going to get better. I said, you're just going to ha- have to get out there and just do it for you. Try it for yourself. I said, just, just get out there and shoot. There was a guy 
um, that used to, you know, every time I post on Facebook about my F class, you know, like, you know, because uh, I have won the F class uh, Texas State Championship for four four times now, and uh, every time I post on Facebook or something, uh, he would go like, yeah, but if you came and did PRS, you would eat shit, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure, like, I, I'm not debating that in any way i said just well, like a prs I'm guy i'm not but, gonna be as bold to say you well but, shit, but he's but. right but but here's 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 where i'm going with this and i said just like a, you can bring me the top prs shooter of all time and he's gonna eat shit at f class that's yeah. just how it is it's a different for discipline. a while correct now i'm not saying forever no right exactly you, you got less. a base yeah, yeah you got a base he may eat less <laughs> less than the average guy but he's still i mean he's hell the top shooters in f class eat shit and, and vice versa, right? I mean, they don't win yeah. every time, right? Right, yes. There's so, only one winner, you know. <laughs> correct. So, um, and anyway, one day he's like, hey, there's having a match. Uh, you want to come? You know, we can go watch. And I'm like, I said, this is probably going to sound like I'm real cocky, but I said, I'm not a spectator. I'm a shooter. If I right. show up, I'm going to shoot. I'm not going to show up to watch. That's not, it takes about the same amount of effort, you know. <laughs> <laughs> to show I mean, really, it may cost you a little more in ammo, you know, than it would be if you went and watched. But yeah, yeah you're right. I mean, and to me, you're going to have more fun. Each, if, well, I mean, especially if, like I said, if you go into it with the mentality of I'm I know before I get there, I'm going to eat shit. And I accept that because this is me growing. This is me getting my feet wet and and then learning how to progress where. Like me, my my situation, my first match, I didn't shoot. I volunteered to RO. Now I also said, do do not put me on glass. I do not have the trained eye to see a 95 grain six mil at a thousand yards hit a plate without a hit indicator on it. Yeah. Uh, I'd rather run a timer. And so that's what I did. Was like, oh, okay, so this is what people are using. This is what it looks like. But honestly, like you said, it didn't make me any better on my first match I shot. I sucked but ass. That's still a lot better than just going and spectating. Because you're you're literally forced to pay attention. When you're just spectating, you don't even know what you're looking at. You know what I mean? But yeah. when you're there, at least you have a chance to hear the shooters talk to each other and things of that nature. That That's even better than just going and, and just watching. Because you yeah. don't get anything out of that. Completely agree. But anyway, so I went, shot that thousand yard match, and I met some uh, shooters there. And uh, <laughs> this is, like I said, this is how 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 bad I get it. Uh, that day, after I got my ass handed to me by these guys, I bought a uh, a used uh, 6.5 284 uh, F class rifle, full blown F class rifle. Again, I'm broke, and and look. I was just making all the wrong decisions, but I was just right. a big kid, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, I was you're, working you're a hard. crackhead. You just can't yeah. help Yeah, yeah. So, so I did. I bought a rifle and slapped my uh, Leopold on that thing and started tuning it. And, and that's when things started to look better because uh, that rifle really gave me some good feedback, you know? Yeah, As things to, started clicking. Yeah, but I was still neck sizing, which... Again, it just kept coming around and biting me in the ass. Remember that, like I said, back in the when, when that hog hunt where I couldn't chamber the rifle or that round in the rifle? I didn't know why. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't correlate with still it, today. Two two still today. Go go read the comments on that video. And so many people are like, "You're so full of shit." I don't have any problems with mine. I have reloaded mine thirty times. Whenever they say that thirty times, I already know right. I'm full of shit. Thirty times. First of all, I don't give a fuck what you're doing to the brass. Then primer pockets are gone. Unless you are like, I don't like again. Whatever. Five so brains even, under max. Book max. Point, five brains. Point, the point is that today people still say that there's nothing wrong with that procedure. So imagine back then, I was looking and I'm like, I don't, it can't, it ain't the brass because I mean this is what the pros do, right? They they next yeah. size. So anyway, go back to uh, next sizing and uh, yeah. Anyway, more problems. <laughs> yeah, more more, <laughs> more problems. problems and. Uh, Finally, I got I got a I got away from neck sizing and things started really clicking for me. Uh, so that was I that. Shooting no. shooting came became more enjoyable in my opinion. My guess. Oh is, my goodness. I mean, yeah. it was like, oh my god, this is what it feels like with a a properly yeah. sized piece of brass. Oh my god. Well, th- what happened also is I I met uh, that the first time I went to shoot a thousand yards, Mark Farr had a friend with him, and uh, his friend's name is Mike Downey. All right. I didn't know. I didn't know any of these guys. Right. So Mike Downey, he just I met him, you know, we're having lunch, whatever, just kind of a quiet guy. And I mean, I'm hooked. So I'm calling Mark Farr and I'm bugging him like left and right. Uh, so Mark Farr is a gunsmith. OK, so I'm mm-hmm. and Mark Farr was uh, doing some of my barrel work and I'm just bugging the crap out of him. I'm like, hey, what about this? And what dice should I buy? And then, and then you know what I mean? And uh so then I'm asking him about F-Glass, and Mark goes, you know, he goes, I'm a silhouette shooter. He goes, you might want to just call Mike. And I said, that guy that, that was with you, he goes, yeah, yeah, he's fine. He Just call him up. He'll, he'll help you. Well, I didn't know this at the time, but Mike was a national record holder. Mike was on the U.S. <laughs> rifle team, you know. But this guy was just so quiet, I had no idea. I mean, this guy was like the real The quiet guy. professional. Right, exactly. the quiet professional. So uh, Mike... I started asking him questions, and he just said that I was always asking the right questions. He enjoyed talking to me because he says you're you're asking the right questions. You're you're on the right path. So Mike uh, coached me along the way, and uh, I started getting really good really fast, you know. And uh, another another lucky thing for me is my dad manages uh, cattle ranches, and I was allowed to set up a thousand yard range there and it's five minutes from my house, you know? Nice. So when I started learning, I started shooting. I used to shoot at 300 yards. <laughs> you know why 300 yards? Take a wild guess. <laughs> That's what you're comfortable with. <laughs> no. Oh my God. I used to shoot at a hundred, but then I went to 300. You know That's why? What you read? That's what you read on the internet. Yeah. But do you know the why? No. Because bullets don't go to sleep until about 300 yards. Oh, God. I believe that shit, too. Oh, man. Sleeping bullets. And I was Bed, like, well, that's why, that's why I can't get those. I, that's why I can't get those tiny groups at 100 because those bullets are not asleep yet. So I, I, I'm telling you, man. And this is why, I, uh, you know, I, I, I enjoy passing on what I have learned because you should see how many messages I get from people going, Thank you so much. I have literally dusted off all my reloading equipment. I'm going back to reloading because of you. And 
oh my god i thought i i've been reloading for 40 years and my best shooting rifle was shooting like three quarters moa now it's under half moa and all i did was your sitting depth test just like you recommended and it, it was so easy and thank you you make it so simple you know what i mean i was reading yeah. about all these freaking myths about all these bullets that don't go to sleep and this and that and the other and and it just made you know the crazy part is once i really thought about now i think about it and i'm like okay draw a line a straight line multiple straight lines right and if you have two points which is the barrel right where it mm -hmm. exits that's one point and then you draw another point at 100 yards and let's just say that point at 100 just draw a vertical line at 100 yards right and let's just say you make that line uh half inch tall one inch tall okay you have one point at a, at a and instead of doing 100 yards, just do one inch, right? One inch equals 100 yards, okay, in our little sample. So you have one point and then draw a line that's one inch tall, one inch away from that point, and draw a line that goes from the point to the top of that vertical line and then another point from the, another line from the point to the bottom of that vertical line, right? Those lines are one inch apart at 100 yards. At 200 yards, they're gonna be two inches apart right there is absolutely no way that those bullets once they're at on a separate path that they don't converge again literally go oh shit okay how long have you flown oh i'm i'm past 300 what about you yeah me too okay all right guys let's get together now and let's all fly together because not only do they have to come together so they have to change paths twice right one to get back in line but if they continue on that path, then they're they're just gonna cross, right? So then they have to they have to they have to yeah. they have to Def do this. defy gravity. Yeah, and then this and then this, and I'm like, yeah. they got defy that's, gravity. That's that's freaking stupid. Now that I think about it, right? And uh, but then I thought, you know, I could still be wrong. Just, so then I asked Brian Litz one time, and he just he just smiled and shook his head like no that doesn't happen i'm like okay i guess i'm not that stupid common well, sense well, works brian, right and well brian is known to have but he is basically you know laid out challenges for people you know respectfully yeah. hey if you can prove this to me and i don't know what his end of the bargain was but other than maybe you prove you prove me wrong but right. uh you know he says nobody's you, done it no one's done it and they can't and he says i can promise you it's either your load is fucked up or the shooter's fucked up. Right. One, it's it's going to be one or the other. It's not going to be some weird anomaly at distance that bullets do some some you know space shit. They're not they're not doing it. You know they're not. So so anyway that that's uh, you know but anyway so that, that's why I set up at 300 yards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm t so the thing with me is I go try everything. You know what I mean. And, and that was the one thing that Mike really uh, liked about me. He says, you have more energy than anyone I've ever met. And you're just like going 150% on this thing. So Mike enjoyed it because he'd come and shoot with me and I'd ask questions and he'd get to shoot and we'd try all these things, you know what I mean? But uh, then at some point after reading so much of stuff that didn't work, I thought, you know what? I'm done. I'm just going to find my own thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
and that's when when I because forget all that before I even took the first shot I had to I had to sort my breasts by volume by weight by yeah, weight yeah by this you know I was doing deburring flashes I was doing all these things and then so I was uniforming my primer pockets right oh I got something for you hold on one second <laughs> I got something for you it has not been used. Yeah. But one time, and then I was like, I'm fucking done with this shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a, so, a, a so, flash hole uniformer. So I was I was uh, uniforming pockets. And so now I'm pretty deep into F-class, right? And I'm still doing all that work to, to my breasts. And uh, I go to Red Tone. This is in 2010, okay? And I go to my first out-of-state match. And this is uh, Spirit of America in Red Tone. And I'm there. Mecca. And at the time... Speedy was getting into F-Class. Speedy the Gunsmith. Mm-hmm. You know who that is? Speedy uh, Gonzalez. Yeah. Uh, he's a Hall of Fame venture shooter. Oh, yeah. But he, but he lived in Trinidad. So, you know, they were shooting F-Class there, so he'd come down and shoot F-Class. But anyway, he was there. And uh, I still remember that. Him and I are really good friends now, but uh, back then, that was the first time I had him and met him, and I had read so much about You were there guy. today, weren't you? Yeah, I was there today. today. You were hanging out there today. Oh, we filmed uh, (laughs) a barrel cleaning. Oh, I can't wait to see that. Oh, I'm pretty damn excited about this. Oh, this is going to be. Oh, this is going to be. So, what I'm going to do, I'm working on a barrel cleaning video. Uh, So, I started a Patreon account, uh, and I'm, I'm taking care of those guys over there because they're supporting me. You know what I mean? And only thing I ask for on my, you know, pretty much you can say free YouTube channel. Is guys just hit the like button. That's that's what it's gonna cost you, five thousand likes, which is not that bad because my videos are getting twenty to twenty to fifty thousand views, right? So I'm only asking for five thousand, right. and people are not even hitting that. So I uh, did every one of them. Every one of them. Well, thank you. But you hey, know what I'm saying. I'm gonna hook up on your Patreon account too because I want to see all the shit. It doesn't take long at all. You know what I mean? Uh, but it's all I'm saying is like if if they knew how much effort it takes to put out a video. And for them to not even take the time to hit like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to take care of the people that are taking care of me. You know what I mean? And yeah, plus, YouTube's kind of hard to deal with as far as gun-related stuff. But, yes, it is. But anyway, we filmed we filmed a, a barrel cleaning video today. Because uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put one. I don't know if it's going to be one video or two. The original intent was just one video for me to show my way and then show Speedy's way. Because he's a Hall of Fame venture shooter. And ventures guys, those guys oh. are it's about. a whole nother level. It's right. a whole nother level of, of, of you know, anal retentiveness when it comes yeah. to their board. So that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to show uh, kind of the contrast between what you do for PRS or F-Class versus what you do for Ventrist. But anyway. Well, I mean, you can't – you can't. I mean, the two people that were in the video, you and Speedy, you can't really argue with – results but they will <laughs> oh right i'm saying with you know in in sleep that night you can't argue with result now i could put a cleaning video out i could put a video by anything and like this this is the way uh and you can argue with me because like hey has this guy won anything no i haven't won shit i've won nothing and yeah. so that's one thing but with consenters you two you can't really on on any you know good standing argue with the results of what you're doing but they do <laughs> I, right as i said with good standing that's the funny you can't part. do it so yeah. so but anyway um 
so I met Speedy in Raton, right? And I'm sitting there telling him about how amazing I am at reloading, you know, and all yeah. the things that I'm doing for <laughs> my press. It, it, uh, you know, like like I said, it's like things that now I, I look back and I'm like, what an what an idiot. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm talking to a Hall of Fame venture shooter and I'm trying to tell him how I and, how and good you're doing it. Whatever, you know. But but you know, Speedy was very to this day. He's a he's a very Humble. he's a very helpful man in the sense that uh, anybody that knows me knows I can be a real dick to you if if I try to help you. And you just won't won't take help. Won't take help. If you're an asshole, you know what an asshole is. Yeah, I know exactly what an asshole is. Yeah, if asshole is a asshole, person who asks you something and then you tell them and then they do something completely opposite. Yeah, and then they try to. Yeah. So if you're an asshole, I'm I'm just gonna let you know. You know what I mean? Because because I have so many people looking for help that I really don't have time to waste on somebody who's really not looking for help. You know what I mean? But uh, but anyway. Speedy, I was telling him about uh, uniform and primer pockets, and he's like, "Ah, oh, you gotta be careful with that." He goes, "Because you can actually ruin them by uniforming them." And I was like, "That's impossible. How the hell can you ruin a primer pocket?" So I said, uh, "Somehow, I don't know how I asked, but I asked him. I said, "Well, what do you mean?" He goes, "Well, there was this girl that came to me, and she had a rifle." Uh, and it was just very inconsistent. You know, I, I think he built the rifle and it was very, the, the rifle just would not shoot consistently. But then when they bring it to him, he'd go test it and the thing would just hammer, you know, and he just couldn't figure out. The point is, she had uniform the primer pockets and then they, they actually went too deep on them. Okay. Well, you only have so much uh, firing pin protrusion. Sure. So if you go too deep, now the yeah. firing pin loses a lot of power. A lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, and energy. you can actually, yeah. energy, yeah. So you can actually lose or you can actually hurt ignition. Yeah, by, you hurt ignition by, by doing that. So that's what I was doing. I realized because what I, I was so clever, man. You don't even know how clever I was. I <laughs> thought, oh, you know what? I'm just going to do this every time instead of that. That's how I'm going to clean out my primary pockets. I'll just take a little skim cut every time and. I would look at my problem pockets. They were so freaking clean, you know, because I'd take a little skim cut every time. But every time I fired it, I'd have less less pockets. So anyway, I realized I was ruining my brass. So then uh, that was one way. Another way is uh, that tool that I was using sometimes would come loose and it'd go deeper, whatever. So I finally just gave up on that. I'm like, I'm, I'm just hurting stuff. So threw that brass away, which, you know, the poor brass, Oh, it hurts so bad to throw it away, but yeah, I know. I'm like, ah, that's you know, that's my stupid tax. You know what I mean? But, but anyway, I still, I still kept doing everything else. You know, the the flash hole unif- uh, reaming and and weight sorting and uh, you know, mixing water with alcohol to get the best volume measurement possible, and and spend hours and hours and hours trying to design a way to measure volume. That was accurate, you know what I mean? Just, just wasting my freaking time, you know? Yeah. And uh, now, now, uh, I have a video coming out, I think next week, about my brass prep for PRS. And uh, I mean, I can tell you what it is if you want. 
Well, wait, hey, we're going to believe me. I got Eric Cortina on the damn line. We're going to get into this shit. So don't <laughs> don't you fret, my friend. We are going to get into it. I done told all my listeners in a, in a, in a lead up to this that I'm going to leave <laughs> no stone unturned with you. So because this is going to hey, look, this is equally for me as it is going to be for anybody who listens to this motherfucker. Like it is more so for me. Then uh-huh. I just hope people get out of it what I'm going to get out yeah. of it. So continue. So for PRS, my brass prep is uh, you're going to need the poor brass. So when I started F-Class, this is one of the things that Mike Downing told me. He says, because I asked him, but, you know, how do you guys go about selecting the cartridge or, you know, the 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 cartridge that you're going to shoot, you know, because there's so many, right? I was thinking about building a 280 Eckling proved at the time for F-Class. And let me guess, and their answer was, does Lapua make a cartridge for it? No, he said, if Lapua doesn't <laughs> make brass for it, don't chamber for it. That's that okay. Was, that's okay. Yeah, that, right. That, that, they yeah. Make, right. Yeah. That's, that's literally I've what he said. I've come to that conclusion myself he goes, on my he, own. He goes, look, if Lapua doesn't make brass for it, don't waste your time. That's like, okay. So I'm like, all right. But poor it is. You know what I mean? Like, and I just took that to heart. And to this day, it has never failed me. Like, uh, back in 2013, the U.S. team. <laughs> it, baby. In Blue 2013, box. the U.S. team asked us to chamber magnums. And I don't, I can't go too deep into into what happened because of the U.S. team. You know what I mean? But sure. the point is, I because of that, I had to start. The poor does to this day they don't make magnum brass and so i had to get away from the pool and go to uh winchester and norma and all them my goodness talk about frustrating pain in the ass frustration yeah. but anyway uh that's what he told me he said if, if laput doesn't make brass for it don't chamber for it that's it i said okay wise but words. so so lapua brass so so my breast prep for prs is you take a, a box of lapua brass you take your knife, you open the tape, and you open the lid. Load it. You're done. Literally done. The only thing I do is I run an expander mandal through because they're they're pretty That's tight. That was my next question. So unless I you're run, fire forming, then yeah. leave the tight ass necks. Yeah, so you can jam VR going to dasher, jam the yeah. shit out of it, and yeah. and there you go. And uh, um, yeah, run an expander mandal through there. And load up a hundred or however many you're gonna do, and go practice. Go, go shoot. I mean, it's gonna shoot good enough. Uh, what I do, I cheat because I have a tuner <laughs> on mine. Yeah. So I load up a hundred rounds, and then I just go and I adjust the tuner so it shoots pretty good. And then I just go practice. You know what I mean? So anything yeah. I need to work on, I practice on. I practice. Well, on. anybody who shot, well, I'm I guess depending on the cartridge, but anybody who shot Lapua brass will sit here and they weren't, they're not going to say that they have not produced very good groups. Like I mean, acceptable is what their final load would be with fireform brass on virgin brass. Because I have, I mean, I've right. got fireform loads that are, I mean, one hole out of brand new virgin brass. Some of my best groups have been fire farming. Uh, it's it's I don't know what it is about that brand new brass. Uh, so I got a, I got a story. If anybody knows who Larry Bartholomew is, he's a, he's an F class shooter. He's kind of one of the grandfathers of F class. But in 2011, I was with the. I'll, I'll tell you how I got into US team here shortly. But uh, 
2011, we go to Ireland to shoot the Creedmoor Cup. And the Creedmoor that was, Cup. <laughs> yeah, it's a real thing. No, no, no. The name of it, though. Yeah, I know, I know. With, well, with it started in Creedmoor, New York. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. But today, oh, it's like, yeah. you know, Creedmoor, bro, you know. <laughs> the need more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this is what, you know, I mean, I'm I'm the new guy on the team, and they're like, we're going to Ireland, and and I'm like, I'm nervous as heck, man, because I'm like, I, you know, I'm gonna look good, right? I'm gonna, I wanna look good. Sure, the world them. stage. I'm the rookie, yeah. right? And uh, they said, do not bring virgin breasts. I said, oh, hell, I wasn't planning on, you know, I was, I was trust me, I, I know what I'm doing. Anyway, we get down there, and Larry Bartholomew has virgin breasts. He's got, he's fire forming for his 284 Shaheen, and he's gonna fire form during the individuals, you know. And I'm yeah. thinking, how is this guy, like, how responsible is it for this guy to do this? You know what I mean? I because know, you've already got a preconceived notion from what they said. Exactly. Like, and well, plus, he broke some cardinal rule. Yeah. So <laughs> so we go down there, right? And we get down there, and uh, I find out this guy's fire-forming brass while he's shooting the individuals. You know, of course, this is the individuals, but I'm thinking, this still reflects on the U.S. team, right? Or individual sure. performance. Right? He's still got a U.S. jersey on. Correct. Whatever. So I'm like, hey, you know, I'm just a I'm just a rookie here. Long story short, he freaking wins the cup with with an individual championship with fire forming brass. <laughs> and I'm right. like, and I'm like, oh my god, I, I literally just need to throw out everything I learned about reloading to this point and reevaluate everything because it's just so many things that that we're like that is never gonna work. But see, if you don't try it. Like you don't know. I've shot club matches fire forming for my six by forty seven. It shoots just as good. It shoots amazing. You know what I mean? It makes you. It, it may be a different load than what your right. final load will be, but it doesn't mean it's any less of a load. It's, no, it's no, any it's, less it's of a performing great. load. No, it, yeah, right. It's great. it's great. And uh, but anyway, that's kind of how that happened. But you know, going back to uh, to my brass prep, that's literally all I do. Open the box. Take it out, run expander man through there, load it, go shoot. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't weight sort. I don't. I don't do anything. Well, Absolutely. a lot of the weight could be right there in the case head. I, mean, uh, I don't know what that, which that. causes nothing in as right. far as performance of the brass. Uh, I don't you know. do. Yeah, and uh, so my brass prep for F class, uh, of course, it's a lot more. You know, F class, the the accuracy requirements are. It's not so much the accuracy, because I get a, you know, I mean, you've seen PRS guns. They, they shoot really well, right? Mm-hmm. It's not so much that the accuracy requirements are, are, are more. It's the consistency. Consistency. Yeah, I was about to say the consistency that's, is what matters. That's what F-Class is it's all about, right? Uh, but my brass prep for uh, F-Class is open the box, <laughs> take the brass out, and load it. <laughs> It's the same. Oh, the only difference I neck turn uh, for F class only because I've been shooting the same reamer since forever, and uh, I can't fit regular brass in there. Right. So back then you said the same reamer is forever, which was probably a long time ago, where neck turning was a bigger thing, and you just hadn't moved on to a different reamer because well, yeah, what, so, if it ain't so, broke, don't fix it. So I expanded to seven. Because I shoot 6.5, 284 breasts. I expand it 7 and neck turn it. But I don't do anything. I don't sort. I don't do anything. And guess guess who else doesn't do that? 
all the top shooters. Yeah, because everybody's winning shit probably. Yeah, and 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 it the weight sorting took me a long time to, to shake off. That's the one because it was so easy to do, and it was like I'm only doing one time, and uh, I'm literally sitting around eating dinner with some of the guys on uh, Team Lapua, you know, and uh, one of the guys that's a really good shooter. Him and I, him and I are always kind of exchanging notes, you know, and. Uh, I said, yeah, you know, I weight sword. And he's like, you do what? I'm like, yeah. hey, fuck you, man. Like, Leave me alone. You know what I mean? And he's like, dude, that means that doesn't do anything. I said, all right, but it takes me like 30 minutes and then I can do like a thousand. And then I never have to do it again. So it's it's not that much time wasted. He goes, it's still. So anyway, I decided, you know what, I'm going to try it. And I just, that five shot group that I shot, that tiny group. That brass was neck turned. Uh, that was on a second firing. Never weight sorted. Never did anything to that. All I did was neck turn it. And uh, and now it's become a joke. Uh, like in the in F class, like along amongst the top shooters, uh, like say so like, man, what did you do to right? Like when the gun is just hammering, and it's like, they, my oh, goodness, what did you brass. do? You're like, oh, I weight sorted my brass. It's just a joke because <laughs> right. that's what the, that's what most guys will say, kind of. That really don't know much about reloading. They're like, oh, you know, those those are the guys weight sorting brass. Those are the guys uniform in pockets. And you know what? We've all done it. That's that's what makes it funny for us. Right. Yeah. We've you're not all guilty of that. it. Yeah. You're. Yeah. We've all went through it. And then, um, through all these years of shooting thousands upon thousands of rounds, then we're like, oh my god, I wasted so much time doing all the stuff that really didn't matter. But see, hey, that's this thing. disclaimer, I I have never weight sorted, not because I didn't think it mattered, because I'm too fucking lazy. And I said, well, I'll, great, I'll just it, the load's gonna be what it's gonna be. Yeah. So it wasn't the fact that I that I knew any better. <laughs> I do now, you know, I have been. But when I first started, I'm like, I'm not wasting my time. It's it's gonna be good enough or whatever it is. I that shit's this shit's a dollar a piece. I'm not yeah. gonna be weight sorting shit. So it's gonna, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so uh, that's that's my weight sorting story, you know. I, I finally I finally shook the habit, <laughs> and it hasn't affected me at all. Cold, you cold know? turkey. Right? Yeah, I just I just ripped the bandaid off. It took me my I only quit doing that um, last like a year or two ago. So you know I I did that for like ten years. Yeah. Crazy, but yeah. Well, wow, you know, I, back, you need, you know, I don't know what you got. I don't know what you got planned for your future or anything. I really feel, and this is just me, I really feel that you are missing out on a a really good and lucrative opportunity. You need to write a legit handbook. And, I, and I'm being serious. Like a, I don't know if that's something you may have already got in the works or something I have like that. One. So I don't know if you know, but I teach reloading classes. And, yeah, uh, right. Yeah, I do know that. I, I kind of have, I, I have, I have that. I guess you can call it a handbook that I teach, you know. And I, I've, uh, I've took but did that. But you publish it? No. That's no. what I'm talking about. Yeah. You, well, look, there, look, I have hundreds of books it. out there that it is. They're, they're telling people to weight sort. They're telling yeah. people to neck size. They're telling people to uniform primer pockets and, and flash holes. And you're sitting there shooting literally world class groups. And you you had you basically dispelled all of these myths. Well, guess what? They're cashing checks and people yeah, and, and that's it, where it's, I, you know pushing the dogma. You know that's where I feel bad a little bit. You know I feel quite a bit bad about that because there, like you said, there's so many people 
it's like this barrel breaking thing, you know? Mm. So you saw, I don't know if you saw that video that I made. I, about I, did. I did. So the reason for that video is every time somebody asks me, do you break in barrels? And if somebody I know, you know, like they know me and they ask me, do you break in barrels? I go, I would rather stick my dick in a meat grinder than break in a barrel. And that's where the joke kind of that video came, came from. Yeah. I mean? Like I, if I have a choice, I'll pick the meat grinder because I'm not breaking them. You know why? Because I did many of them. Oh and yeah. Especially day, being an F class shooter. I mean, y'all are, y'all are a little less, uh, anal retentive than bench rest guys. And then you got us PRS little, guys, very but little. it, but com, you know, it, yeah, so it's, so, I mean, that's, it's kind of natural, I guess, natural. Yeah, for, and, what you do, and I've do, done, so, so what happened is I've done it all, you know what I mean? And then, then I've done nothing. And then I realized there's no difference. Do you remember that show? I don't know if you ever watched it. It was called, uh, what the heck was it called? When those, that plane that crashed on, a, on an island, Lost, was it called Lost? Lost, yeah, it was a really Did good show. Did you ever show. see I really, that? I loved it. When they found that guy down in the, in that room. That had yeah, to down there underneath. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they had to punch in numbers every, I don't know, every 90 minutes or 90 yeah, yeah, yeah. something like that. And he had to do that every 90 minutes, had to punch in those numbers or an alarm would start buzzing or whatever. And I remember they asked him, they're like, have you ever wondered what would happen if you just didn't punch the numbers? He goes, every fucking day. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but I just don't have the balls to not do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's just one barrel. You make it a hunting rifle. Exactly. It's one barrel. Well, you know? So that's when I said, you know what? That that uh, that scene stuck in my mind because of the, the things that we do. But we're just so afraid to not do them because what if I what if what if it doesn't work? Well, guess what? Just try it. So that's what I did. I just said, I'm not going to break this thing in. I'm just going to go shoot it. And I think it was probably the best bear I've ever had. I, until then, that one I didn't break in. And I'm like, oh, maybe there's nothing to it. And then here's the other thing that I, again, if you go back to common sense, right? If they had a true method, like if this thing was really required or needed or necessary, right? There'd be one method. Correct. And see, all the barrel <laughs> manufacturers are using 416 stainless steel. And, you know, I mean, they, they use Molly too, but we're talking about most everybody uses for competition stainless steel, right? They're all using the same metal, but yet everybody has their own method, like different one. You know what I mean? And and uh, yep. when I published that video, somebody said, it's real simple. Listen to the, what, to what the just follow what the manufacturer tells you to do. And I said, okay. So call the manufacturer tomorrow and ask him if it voids the warranty if you don't do it. Because it ain't gonna void the warranty if you don't if you don't if you don't uh break in the barrel. I said, if they say yes, ask them how the hell would they know if you broke it in or not? Right? How can they prove that you didn't break it in? Right? But and I said in number three, if I buy five barrels from five different manufacturers. Are you really expecting me to go to the range and follow a different procedure for every single barrel, even though they're all 416 stainless steel? I'm it's all like, basic. I mean, for all intents and purposes, the same basic kind of bar stock. You know? Correct. And I said, I said, think about that. This is where your common sense comes in. Think about that, and then you let me know how much sense this makes. I said, I, I said, look, I'm gonna. You do whatever you want. I'm telling you what I do. You know. 
I yeah, said, you, you, hey, go, you asked me, right? right. You asked me. So <laughs> I said, if you want to go over there and spend hours upon hours upon hours cleaning a barrel so that you don't have to clean a barrel. Yeah. You tell me, I mean, you tell me how much sense that makes. Because most guys go, oh, I, I clean my barrel. I, I break it in because then after that, the barrel cleans easy. Yeah, but you spend a whole day cleaning a barrel. Like you already spend more time than you would have spent for the life of the barrel <laughs> cleaning, cleaning the barrel. It. Yeah, just cleaning it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of taxes. You know, we, you know, I, I spend thousands upon thousands of dollars every year on my CPA. I pay them thousands of dollars to prevent me having to pay the government thousands of dollars. And I'm like, how the hell does this make sense? They, they, I will say this though, it makes me. Uh, I, I hear that, but. <laughs> It would make me feel better knowing my money's going to a person rather than the damn government. Oh well, no, so, but I'm yeah. I, but same dollar amount, I'd rather yeah. go to them. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's it's putting a kid through you know ballerina lessons or taekwondo <laughs> yeah. and shit or college fund instead of you know yeah. the government throwing yeah, money. Yeah, exactly. Well, instead of instead of them spend instead of the government spending the money trying to take freaking rights away from us but that's a whole separate conversation eric (laughs) if you want to come back again on the just effing send it podcast we will do an entire because that is a equally great portion of what this podcast is about as shooting is so yeah but anyway so so barrel break in i'm like i'm not gonna spend hours upon hours upon hours break because i have done it see this is the thing all the things that i tell you guys that i don't do is because i've done them and right. then I've had the balls to say, you know what? On this barrel, I'm not going to do it. And I'm going to find out what the hell is going to happen. Tinkering. And guess what? Nothing happened. Like, if anything, the barrel shot better. Yeah, now, yeah it shot lights out. Yeah, we know that's – and I'm smart enough to know that it, w- it wasn't because I didn't break it in. It was just a better barrel. But if breaking really mattered, it would have never shot, regardless of how good the barrel was, right? Yeah. So, right. so that was like, okay, I guess I'm done breaking a barrel. So, uh, I shoot for Brooks barrels. <laughs> and Great barrels. About two or three days after, I thought, after I released that video, I thought, oh, maybe I should call them and see what they have to say about this. So well, I, call, I can. I, you call before you go anywhere. <laughs> let me guess. Let me guess, because I, I mind you, I have never owned a Brooks. I have never talked to Brooks. I only know, I know a bunch of people who do shoot them and they enjoy shooting. They're great barrels. Yeah. But I, they said that they offer a break-in procedure because it makes the customer feel like that there's something that they're doing something right. Otherwise, because if they didn't give them a, a break-in procedure, Lord knows what they would do. So I called them up and I said, "Hey, so I released a video about barrel break-in." They're like, "Yeah, we saw that, but I didn't finish watching it." I'm like, "Oh, you need to finish watching it." He goes. Okay, I guess I need to. I'm like, yeah. I said, because I don't break in barrels. He goes, oh, I, I thought you did because of that video. I'm like, yeah, you didn't finish watching it. <laughs> I said, just so I know, what do you guys tell customers that want to know? I said, well, we tell them to, you know, shoot clean, shoot and clean for the first 10 rounds, and then that's it. I'm like, why? He goes, because when we used to tell them not to do anything, they'd come back with like, really? No, you know, so-and-so tells us to do this and so-and-so tells us to do this. Yep, so so right. now we're like, fine, do this. He goes, and that's it. Now nobody argues. So you were right. I mean, it's just, that's it's the just third barrel manufacturer that I know for a fact have said the exact same reason why when asked that question. 
and gunsmiths. Yeah. Gunsmiths say, I tell them this because if, if I don't tell them something, they're going to make something up or say they read it somewhere on the Internet that you got to do this. Oh, so this guy, I don't know who this guy was, but he also said, the guy that I told you that he said I should listen to the manufacturer. And, and when I asked him about, so I'm supposed to do five different breaking procedures? He goes, fine, then let, ask your gunsmith. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to look pretty stupid looking myself in the mirror and asking myself questions. And that's that was the end of that because <clears throat> I do my own better work. But right. the point is, yeah, they're like, we, we just have to give them something to do. You know, people, people, a lot of people just require that. They're like, there's no way it's this easy. You know what I mean? There's no yeah. way. And they, they got to be let down easy, you know. Like, yeah, just, and, of, and it's harmless, right? It's harmless. Well, it, well, it depends on the, the route exactly. you go. That's it's throwing that's, sweets and shit down there and all yeah, this other kind could. of super abrasive stuff. So uh, I had a, I had a conversation with Speedy about that today, and it was off camera. And, and uh, I'm trying to do a, a longer version where I can sit down with Speedy, kind of doing like you and I are doing right now. And uh, that'd be uh, awesome. You know, just shoot the shit, you know, and just talk to him. And But anyway, barrel break-in, we talked about that, and pretty much the same deal. He's like, yeah, I don't I don't waste my time with that, <laughs> you know. And uh, I don't know, man. It, it's it's just, just here, here's what I suggest people do. I'm like, look, go and uh, just – do the just don't do a full batch of breasts. Just do like ten pieces of breast, okay? And do as much as you can to that breast to make it as perfect as possible. And then just take ten out of the box randomly, prep them the same way, and then go shoot them, and see if if it's really that bad, or if there's even a difference, you know? Is it and, is there a shootable difference? Correct and. Uh, you know, and then just gather some data. Every time you go to the range, load up those same five or ten pieces of brass of best brass and and, and uh, you know out of the box and let me know. You know, and just just prove it to yourself. Like don't listen to me, don't listen to anyone. Just just go test. You have to prove it to yourself. You know, and it's really that easy. You know, uh, I'm telling you for myself, I don't do anything anymore. I just literally take it out of the box and go shoot. Well, and see what I like, what I, what draws me personally so much to your overall, I don't even want to say method, mantra of reloading of what I've gathered in just your videos and hearing people that I know personally that have taken your classes, uh, you know, in-person classes, um, I, I'm drawn to it simply because back to my earlier point, I, and I'm not trying to be funny. I am lazy. I don't I don't enjoy reloading. I'd rather be downstairs on, in my recliner with my son in my lap, you know, playing switch with him or watching TV or spend time with my wife. I, I reload simply as at a, out of a necessity to shoot a certain caliber that I want to shoot. So the what draws me mo- is that it is the quickest because I'll be completely candid and honest. In my past with barrels and calibers, unless I land, if I go to a new caliber, okay, a caliber that I have never, or I should say a cartridge that I have never shot before, brand new barrel, and we're gonna we're gonna get into this deep too, but uh, I, I, it takes me. What would you say 
it would amount of rounds. How many rounds until you land on at least bare minimum, like the ballpark of where your final load is going to be? If you just had a guess, like a number, like is it 10 or is it 100? Is it 50? What do you think? So, because okay, I'm going to tell so, you what mine so what's, is. So what's the question? Like, okay, uh, if, the, the, from the, a new cartridge, right? Uh-huh. new barrel. Uh-huh. I'm not even gonna say new barrel because you know you don't know what your speeds are gonna be until the barrel speeds up and all that stuff. It's never never oh, the no, same. No. New barrels the same. Same. And now, well, okay. Oh, well, hey, yeah. hey, I'm here to learn. But you yeah, know, yeah. My, but, my, but, but, you know, but I see the what same load speeds up. But right. uh, point being is, new cartridge. You you don't have any data on this. Like you know nothing. It's all you know whatever. How many rounds do you think it takes ballpark for you to land on? Okay. 31.8 is my charge weight, and this is around about my sitting depth. How many rounds do you think it takes Eric Cortina to land on that? If I was trying to do the quick, if I was trying to find the absolute fastest way. Your way. Yeah. Your way. Oh, what you do? Well, it what you do? If I'm doing, well, it, I do different things for PRS, and I do different well, things. I, for I, I would say PRS. I don't shoot F-Class, okay. so I can't. So if, 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 for example, if you handed me a rifle, right? If you handed me your rifle with a okay. known load, let's go with that. If you... If you tune your rifle and you're like, this rifle, this is what it is, and you say, Eric, I want you to use this brass, this powder, this bullet. Here's the rifle. Give me no more data than that, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, I want you to come up with with a with a load. And I mean, we're assuming it's a good barrel, good rifle, everything, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I want a load that, that will shoot half MOA or or under. And I want you to do it in the least amount of rounds possible. 20 rounds. Okay. And I that's amazing. And, and that's amazing because I literally, and this is me being completely candid for however many people are going to listen to this, uh, on multiple calibers or cartridges that I've got, it got into over 200 before I was like confident in that's the one. Yeah. And then, so, and then I never changed from that. Like it's been, it was the one, but it took me, you know, 180 to 215 well, rounds to to do that because I feel like I'm I'm chasing my tail and I that's used to what say, well, I've see, changed everything. You don't, have a met, you don't have a method to get there, right? Yeah, you just, exactly. You just, so what you do is you're like, oh, well, so and so shooting this load, I'm gonna try this load. Well, so and so told me to try this other load, and that's that's where you start chasing your tail because, and and I made a video a few a uh, couple weeks ago talking about how reloading is real simple. You have Ignition. Combustion. Yep. You have your uh, barrel harmonics, and then you have your your BC, you know, your bullet shape. You know, how consistent is your bullet, right? So the first thing you're going to work on is get your ES low. I I literally shoot at the ground. Right. You don't don't care where it goes. Because people – so I see this – so this is some of the things I see on video all the time on YouTube, and people are like – we're going to go test these charges and they're shooting and they're looking at the groups and like, Oh, look, look at this goal. You know, 31.6 gave me like an extremely good group and 30. So 31.6 is tiny, but 31.4 and 31.8 are huge. But they're like, look at that tiny group in the middle. And I'm like, do not pick that. group. That's, that's bait. That's bait. And they're like, okay, we're done with loaded. I'm like, Oh, all right. Now next week you're going to be writing about how this gun won't shoot at a thousand or at 500. But, uh, and uh, or that, this is you probably heard this before. I have a load that shoots uh, really small groups, but the ES is really big. And then I have another load where the ES is small, but the groups are really big. 
I've which one that. should I yeah. pick? Well, just pick the one with the small yes and adjust your seating depth. Because if you break it down, like I told you, if your if your ES is big, extreme spread for a lot of people don't don't know what that means. So, so extreme spread is um, when you shoot over a chronograph and you check your speeds. It's your highest shot or your fastest shot minus your slowest shot. That's your extreme spread. Okay. If you have a very large extreme spread. I don't care what the group looks like. You need to work on your powder charge or your primer or both. Okay. Or you're got to get a different powder, whatever. If your ES is small, but your groups are big, you got to adjust your sitting depth. And that's it. That's it's really, and I already that's made a video simple. on how to, how to adjust your sitting depth. So, um, like you said, now for F class, a hundred rounds. If I'm trying to get like, because I well, to- it it means a lot. Well, it it means a lot more. It, there's there's a lot more weight on well, that load correct. in that and, than and, it and would I'm be. And I'm not looking for half. And an F class, I'm not looking for half a boy. Right. I'm looking yeah. for like point, point one. Yeah. yeah. Consistently, you know. Yeah. And somebody, <laughs> it's funny because they're like, I want to see you shoot. Because I said something about when I said if you're gonna tell me your gun doesn't shoot that you tune it at a hundred, but it won't shoot long range. I said I'm talking. You better be showing me some quarter MOE groups before you talk about how it won't shoot long range because everybody has a different uh, expectation, right? Sure. So when I say a gun, for example, if my PRS rifle doesn't shoot at a thousand, it's shooting about two MOA or one and a half MOA at a thousand, right? That's that's not good. I'm looking for one MOA or under at a thousand, right? And uh, you know, in good weather conditions and all that stuff. Sure. For my F-class rifle, if it's shooting half a MOA at a thousand, I'm pretty happy, but I, I want less than that. I'm looking you, for like you want to squeeze three, that a little more. I'm than looking for three accuracy. four inch groups, four to four, yeah, three to four inch Precision. groups. You know, uh, you know, yeah. again in in calm conditions, early in the morning and all that. I'm looking for for three to four inch groups, ten shots, not five. Okay, but uh, the point is. For F class, it takes me longer because I need to verify and 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 verify. And again, I'm looking for freaking three to four inch groups at a thousand. That's that's totally different. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I mean, you don't have to have that to win. No. If you shot twice that or three times that consistently, you'd win every PRS match you you would ever enter in. I wouldn't, but Brousseau would. <laughs> well, no, no, I'm saying like you if know, you can somebody shoot that's that. good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you can shoot that. Then and yeah. not just that the rifle is capable of that, but if the rifle is capable shooter. of that, and so is the shooter, you're going to win every every PRS well, match that you enter same, in. It's the same in F class, right? So if if you could you shooter and rifle combination could never shoot larger than one MOA, you would win everything. Yeah, but it's really hard. You know what I mean? It's, it's really hard because uh, for one. See, this is why it's so important in F-Class to shoot very, very narrow, you know, very small groups, right? It's because the the circle is widest in the center, right? Mm-hmm. So that gives you room for error, number one. Number two, when you have a rifle that's tuned to that level, I don't give a shit what you say. It cuts the wind better, okay? If mm-hmm. you've ever shot BR or F-Class, Okay, you saw that that group that I shot. 
Do you really think oh, yeah. I can read the wind so I can put shots? No, the rifle did all the work. You know what I mean? Like the rifle uh, did all that. I, you know, I didn't. Well, not, you are a little humble in saying that. I mean, you had to pull the trigger because you well, could I give did. me your rifle and I'm not going to shoot that group. Right, but I don't know that I could shoot it again. Is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? The right. rifle yeah. did a it's lot of It's not an automatic. Yeah, it's not Correct. an automatic thing anytime you want it on demand. Correct. I get yeah, that. yeah. I get that. But the point I'm making is uh, a rifle that is tuned to perfection will shoot higher scores in the same conditions with the same shooter. It's just going to shoot a higher score. You know? And yeah. and I've talked to Speedy about that in in and venture shooters and Hall of Fame shooters, and they're like, yeah, the gun will literally make you look so good when it's tuned properly. And it, it, that's just how it works, you know? Uh, so what keeps me up at night is, <laughs> this is a joke that I tell people. So what keeps me up at night is wondering how many Hummer barrels were shot out with the wrong load that people never knew they were a Hummer. You know, they can you imagine because see people don't know most people don't know how to tune a barrel okay so just imagine how many hummer barrels were shot out with the wrong load and people thinking well i've never had a hummer barrel no not necessarily true maybe you have and you just didn't know how to tune it right so that's where that's where i finally had the realization i said oh I better come up with a method of really testing a barrel so that I leave nothing on the table. Sure. Yeah, you squeeze everything where if, if it ever misses its mark, it's Eric, not the rifle. Correct. So so that's another thing that people don't think about. They're like, oh, my, my I can't get my rifle to shoot half a moi. Maybe the rifle just doesn't have it in it to shoot half a moi. You know what I mean? So, uh, I mean, how long have you been shooting? Huh. Uh, well, shooting this, um, uh, let's see, when did I first start? I think it was not competitively, but I got I got my start kind of in the same, not to go into the whole rabbit trail of that, but um, I, I kind of got my interest in it the same way you did, was hunting. Yeah. I, I'm in North long, Carolina. 2015. Okay, so about started. five years. So you should know the answer by now. What is the most expensive thing you will buy in shooting? Like well, your, well if one if most expensive one thing is my scope. No, that's cheap. It's not. It's very cheap. And I'll explain. And see, this is where people start to. to so I'll tell you, the most expensive thing you will ever buy in your shooting career is bullets. Oh, okay. So that's more than one. Okay, yeah, because it's expendable. It's not a. Oh, okay. Uh, you, I, you I never, the scope. You'll, you know, you can sell it 10 years down the road and you may, you may lose half the value. That's nothing compared to how much you will spend. In how bullets. many bullets? Yeah. You, what? Yeah. Okay. I, I get what you're following you now. I thought you meant like one component that is part of the rifle. But yeah, yeah, the yeah, ammo, no, no. Yeah, so, bullets. So, yeah, because so, you're always you shoot it, it's gone. I mean. Correct. And so, so, so I have seen, and I, I'm guilty myself. I have, I'm guilty of shooting $500 worth of bullets trying to make a $300 barrel shoot. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you have to decide how long, but see this, this is where you, you know, everybody is, every shooter I know, well, not everyone, the majority, 
they're always looking for the next hardware update. They never think about software. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And if you don't, and this is what I tell them, like, I'm, I'm here to, I'm here with, I'm, I'll bring you the software. You know what I mean? And once you learn how to tune a barrel and how to keep it in tune, then you will come up with a round count. Let's say, you know what? If by 200 rounds or 300 or, or whatever the amount is, if that barrel is not shooting to X degree, I'm pulling it off. Because after that, you're just wasting time, money, and effort. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I mean, like you said, spending $500 in bullets and a $300 barrel, it's it's diminishing returns times right. 10. Yeah, I get exactly. that. Exactly. And so, you know, for F-Class, 300 rounds is my, my number. If You know, because I, I tune a barrel in 100, and then that gives me 200. You know, and, and that's eh, that's still kind of high, but I, I need to give it at least 300 rounds. But it's so that's half the cost of the barrel because I do my own barrel work. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, still, you, you have to you have to once you learn how to tune a barrel, you're just going to give yourself X amount of time or X amount of shots before you say, OK, this thing's not going to work. I'm done and just pull it, you know, yeah. because the. The worst thing you can ever get is an inconsistent barrel. Consistency is good, whether it's small groups or big groups. As long right, as yeah. Because it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's big groups, clear. you get rid of it. Right? Exactly. The, the worst part, it's an inconsistent gun that will give you tiny groups today and big groups tomorrow. And then the next day and then tiny again. Because it just keeps hooking you, you know. Just well, when like you're about, it's like blue balls for you know your gun. It's really what yeah. you what you're getting at. So it's like one yeah. like, oh yeah, yeah, perfect. And then the next day you're like, no. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's the worst thing that can happen to you when you have a barrel that that is just inconsistent, because you just cannot get rid of it. it well, so do you? Okay. Well, all right. This is this is obviously a thing, and this is a thing you know and. You've shot enough barrels out that you know that do, do you find that there's a to weed out those inconsistent barrels? Are you uh, do you have a like, like a shot maximum? Like if I ain't got this thing fucking hammering, F class is 300 rounds. If by 300 right, if rounds, that thing it, is not absolutely. You know hammered. what it's going to do. If you if you know what it's going to do one way or the other, you know what it's going to. If you don't know, then then you do know it's gone. You know. But like I said, by a hundred. I should have it tuned. I, you know, I can tune a necklace barrel by 100 rounds. Okay. Right. And, and when I say tune, we know it's going to speed up, right? But by 100 rounds, it already showed me what it would do. And once it speeds up, all you have to do is bring it back down to the speed that it was before before it sped up. And it's going to be pretty close to, to your load, right? But then I give it about another couple hundred to, to really test it and shoot some matches with it and, and really find out if if it's good i have literally shot cleans what we call a clean at a thousand mm-hmm. which, which is 20 shots inside one moa and um i have literally shot cleans and walk off the line just kind of shaking my head and you know people are, you know kind of the newer shooter they're like man good job and i'm like nah that wasn't very good you're like you just cleaned it man that gun hammers and i'm like no it kind of kind of it's a little loose and they're like what do you mean i'm like it's just not crisp it's, it just doesn't 
it doesn't react. It just, it just doesn't work. And they're like, and you know, a lot of them think I'm just full of shit because they're like, you just shot a clean, and they're like, I, I, you know, they're hoping one day to shoot a clean. Right. Okay. So that's away. you just said it right there is that that you just did something that they're working up to to right. attain, and, and it's I'm, like, and I'm oh, that it, wasn't you know? good enough. Yeah, and I'm yeah, shitting yeah. on it, but but it's 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 not. Here's what I back to my earlier point. Uh, yeah, I got it clean, but I really had to work hard for it. Yeah, and everybody's I, I, expectations are different. Correct, and and whenever you have a good load, a good rifle, cleans are fairly easy to come by. You know, like like when you blow a clean, you know it was. It was you, you know what I mean? It's like, ah, shit, I, I gave it too much wind, or I, didn't, or I saw the pickup and I didn't move far enough, or, or or I moved and I shouldn't have, whatever, you know what I mean? You know what you did. Whenever you have a, like, I'll shoot a clean, and it was like, it was a prayer every shot, you know, like, uh, like you take up the entire 10 ring, and you had no idea where the shot was going to land, you know what I mean? You just, every shot is like, I hope it falls in there, and they, they keep falling in there, but randomly in there you know what i mean it's just a big group you know what i mean yeah uh absolutely. and and those are not uh those are not fun at all like and, and see that's the problem it's the it's the it's misconception that oh man he shot a clean that gun hammers like no just because you shoot a clean that doesn't mean it hammers you know what well I mean? it's supposed to in your mind it's supposed to do that at minimum right right Correct. Yeah. So it's, it's my, barely getting yeah. by in the minimum. It didn't do the exceptional that you're wanting that, that gun to do or barely. Like, to like do. A, a well-tuned rifle in F-Class, you can literally hold quarter MOA holds, wind holds. Like if I'm shooting dead center, I can move a quarter MOA and the bullet, when it impacts, is going to move a quarter MOA. It's, it's, it's that, pers- you know, when you have a very well-tuned rifle, uh, when you don't, you hold center and it, it may hit a quarter MOA to the right, and then you move a quarter MOA to the left, and then it hits right where you're holding. You know, it moves half MOA, you know? Right, yeah. When you uh, only yeah. have a one MOA to play with, you just like, holy shit, okay, I guess I got to move back over there. And then it, it's just never hitting where you where you think it's going to hit. Where a tuned rifle, right. like I said, you can move it around inside that circle and, and you can put the shot wherever you want almost. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And, it's just a, it's just a totally different feeling. Um, but trust me, a well-tuned rifle is so easy to shoot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to, I'd like to, to get behind one of those. <laughs> well, my daughter started shooting. Uh, oh, she was shooting back in 2015. She started shooting. She wanted to shoot. She was, thir- she was 13 at the time. 13. So I took her back to that club where I started. And she was shooting a 6.5 by 47 Lapua, which is what I started with. Well, I didn't start with that. I started with a 6.5.24, and then I went to a 6.5 by 47. My scores went up. But anyway, um, she was shooting 6.5 by 47. The Lord's cartridge. Right. She was shooting a 6.5 by 47, and she she was doing really good with it. But then we went to Raton, and, man, she got ate up. The first, the very first time that she shot at 800, she cleaned it. She shot all her 15 shots inside of uh, one MOA at 800. She was real happy. And then she goes to 900, and she did really well. And then at 1,000, she actually had misses on target. Because by then, it was like noon in Raton, like 30-mile-an-hour winds. It was, it's, I mean, it was enough wind to blow that 6-5 oh, wow, yeah. off the target. Anyway, some of the, some of the kids there had 
you know, seven millimeters, 284s and 284 Hanes or whatever. So on the way back home, she's like, you know, we have a long drive. And she's like, Dad, I, I want a Shehane. And I'm like, oh, no, no, you don't. I mean, it kicks more. There's just a lot more to it. She's like, well, the wind's pushing me around. I'm like, well, freaking hold the other way. Like, you know, I need you to learn how to read the wind. You know, ballistics. Are now, gonna... are you are you at that age? Are you calling wind for her? Like, is no, that no. I don't. Well, I was you, I was when, when when we were practicing at home here, I was, and she was shooting under a team. No, no, that was I think that was on their own. That was on their own. No, she she was calling her own wind. Okay, so it, I didn't know if like in that age group in F class if they allow F-class, someone to F-class, call F-class, wind. F class is F class. Okay, I got you. It's pretty much the same as PRS, you know. When well, no, PRS, everybody gives each other wind calls. (laughs) Yeah, 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 we do. In F class, it's illegal to give somebody a wind call. Like you will, you, you, and that person will get disqualified. Get DQ'd, right? Lickety split. You know what I mean? So nobody gives each other wind calls. Uh, But the point is, on the way back, she's like, "I want a Shahane," and I'm like, "No, no, you don't, you don't want a Shahane." It's, you know, it's it's going to kick more. It's going to require more, you know, more gun handling. I said, that 6547 is so easy to shoot. It's just, anyway, long story short, she, she wore me down. I said, fine, we're going to go to a uh, to the club right there in New Braunfels, and you're going to shoot my Shehang. I said, if you do well with it, I'll build you one. If you don't, then you keep shooting your 47 and you know we'll try again in six months <laughs> and there's there was about i don't know 12 to 15 people there and they those guys shoot there every month right sure every month this is her first time there she shows up uh she has a rough start you know trying to get going on her first match i think she dropped five points mm-hmm. on the second match uh she cleaned it she shot a perfect score then the third match, she shoot, shoots another perfect score. And she came in second. And uh, and the only one that beat her was Speedy. Speedy was shooting that day. Ah, cold-blooded. <laughs> and, uh, but she beat everybody else. And So, you know, so uh, long story short, Eric built her a Shaheen. Yeah, yeah. And you can go to uh, you can go to a 6BR uh, accurate shooter, and they, they, did a, they wrote a story on that rifle. Uh, but anyway, so... Yeah, she could really shoot that rifle, but I was tuning that rifle for her, right? Right. Yeah. And then we go to the World Championship in 2017, and she was paired up with the world uh, with the national champion. She got paired up with a 2016 national champion, because uh, at the World Championship it was pair fire. So one guy shoots, like shooter one shoots. And then shooter two and one, two, one, two, they alternate, right? And she got paired up with him. So they had to trade shots back and forth, right? And uh, so pretty much you're shooting on the same target on the same conditions or, you know, 15 shots each or 20 shots. I forget how many that was. Probably 15. Long story short, she beat the, the current national champion by seven points, which is huge. That's a huge. Yeah, that's a big margin. Yeah. That's a big margin. And, um, I remember he walked up to me after it was over and he goes, he goes, my goodness. He goes, I don't know what the little girl was seeing, but not only did she beat me, she humiliated me. <laughs> no, no. It's, you know, it's what wasn't she seeing. She was seeing everything. Is exactly. What it was. He's like, I don't, he goes, she just kept putting them in the center. I think she only dropped three points and he dropped 10. Uh, 
which is, I mean, this was the national champion, right? And she just, uh, just because the gun shot well, you know what I mean? She goes, she said, I said, what were you looking at? She goes, well, I saw one flag, and then when it was up, I would hold, like, three MOA to the left. And when it was down, I would just hold, like, half MOA left. And, you know, in F class, you just hold rings. So we call it rings. She goes, I was holding mm-hmm. two rings when it was down, and I was holding, like, four rings or five rings, whatever it was. Yeah, that's um, our edge of plate. Like, yeah, that, yeah, that type yeah, of plate. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but see, you're only having MOA to play with in F class, right? right? Yeah. But anyway, oh yeah, she, a much smaller, definitely yeah. much smaller margin. So she just kept hammering the center, and, and Tino's like, I have no idea how she did it. But the point is, she was making the right wind call, and the gun was tuned well enough that it would put him in there. Because right, the it was go, it, she, it was on command. She was putting it. It was right. going where she was wanting to get one and, to go. And of course, she's getting good feedback, and that's how you're able to to uh, what I call the closed loop, right? Sure. Gun gets you feedback, you act on the feedback, you shoot, gun gives you the feedback, you act on it. And it just, it's a, it's a closed loop. Yeah. Uh, when it's an open loop, that's when you have a problem where you tell oh, yeah. the gun what to do, the gun tells you something that makes no sense, you act on that, and then the follow-up shot is even... Yeah, making decisions thing. off of bad data. Oh, my goodness. That, I mean, that's the, that's the worst thing that can happen to you. But yeah. anyway, so that's... that's uh, that's my take on a well-tuned gun and wondering just how many barrels have been burnt out with a bad load. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? What We're about to start turning over stones to prevent that from happening to anybody listening to this podcast, <laughs> including this guy. So, all right. Back to kind of to expound on my question earlier. So I don't even know what cartridges you haven't shot, but let's say cartridge X right eric's never shot it but eric wants to shoot it now this is keep in mind the 99.99 percent of my audience is prs genre of of shooting uh tactical precision rifle matches okay i doubt i got any f-class guys listening to me because i don't have anything to offer you guys (laughs) so uh so yeah you're you're built you're going to shoot cartridge x in your prs rifle okay you have you have no this is all virgin brass. This is all, hey, I, I'm picking my, my bullet. I know it's going to be a burger, and I know it's going to be the pool of brass. So we can go ahead and, and go and put that out there. We know, I know that coming from you. So right, right. you have that. Where does does Eric go from there? So first, I'm going to select powder and primer, and this is where most people have problems. This is okay. like right off the bat. They 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 don't know what to do. Like, do you know, like, you know how to select seating depth, right? It's like you change the seating depth until you find something that shoots, right? Mm-hmm. Let, the, let the bullet tell you what it needs to be. Right. What about powder charge? Well, you go up and down in powder charge until you find low ES. Mm-hmm. How do you select primers? Yeah, you exactly. find what, right now you get you find what you can get because ain't no primers available anywhere. But yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, so well, even if you had primers, like if I gave you two different primers or three, you, you're like, oh well, I read so and so is using this primer, so I'm gonna do that. That's how yeah. most people. Yeah, hey, I'm, I'm guilty of it. So I'm like me, I'm you know I've got a couple dashers, you know. CCI 450 is the is the go-to, but I also have it's 205 It's not the go-to. Ends. It's what they tell you to, that the go-to right. is. It, it you is don't the know default. if it's the go-to. 
Yeah. Agreed. But it's the default what everyone defaults to because everyone has said that that's it. So, Correct. yeah. So that's that was my and and I knew what your answer was going to be because that was my answer when people would ask me which primer. Oh, well, 450s. You know what I mean? Oh, of course, 450. Yeah. 65 or 47, 450. That's that's the that's the primer. You know how I knew that? Because that's what I was told, right? Yeah. And uh, so, you know, for example, for my 6BR, I shoot uh, BR Force. Okay. My 6x47, I shoot 205 GMs. And you're like, why the hell not shoot the same one? Well, because uh, one shoots better with one, one shoots better with the other. Well, I've, I've with my BR, I, I actually uh, I have had better luck with um, 205 M's than I did CCI 450s, and so I happen to have both. And I just heard, well, let me try. It was like choosing two of uh, using the 450s. So let me try these. I was like, huh, that's like five feet per second less ES. Nothing else is different. How, Everything how else is just as good. The, the same load. Yeah, yeah, same, yeah, same. So, which so I know here, you're going to so you say the wrong load. a different way to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so you had yeah. the wrong load. That's the problem. Maybe so so, here, yeah. Well, it's true. So for example, if if so, primers, the way they work is they change the burn rate, right? Mm-hmm. They just they just either hotter or cooler than than each other, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the way you, you find the best so. No two primer is going to perform the same with the same load. Okay. So for you example, mean manufa- manufacturer. So yeah, yeah, so, yeah, exactly. I'm saying no, no, no. For example, no different. So for example, no. Let's just say BR fours and two hundred fives. Okay. If you and let's just say let's make it simple. Let's call it a six BR with thirty grains of bargain, right? right? That's the standard. Back to sure. the you know, things that I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 20 foul jump, 105 burners. Yeah. yeah. 30 grains of argument, 450s. Okay. Um, so, what people would do is like they're going to load 30 grains of argument and they're going to try the 205s and they're going to try the uh, BR4s. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, the BR4 worked better for me. That's the best primer. No, that's the best primer for that load. Sure. So, you guys work you up test it. Lo- yeah. What you tested was that load. You didn't test the full range. It's like sure. me saying, okay, try, go try uh, 20,000 jump and 40,000 jump. And you're going to be like, oh, man, 40,000 was way better than 20,000. Is that the best load? Well, you don't know because you didn't test. You just tested yeah. two. Yeah, you, you know did 50. Yeah. Correct. Or 30. So, you know, it's, it's almost like saying, okay, uh, you can go to uh, Burger King or McDonald's. And whichever one of those two that you select, we're going to call that the best burger in the world. You're like, wait a minute. We're, we're leaving out so much sure. off the table. You're like, I can't yeah. I can't select the best burger based on only those two. But Especially yet, those, two, we, sh- those two shitty two. Exactly. That's, yeah. Well, that's my point, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> let's make it. <laughs> okay, let's. Maybe I'm not emphasizing my point. No, this no, I get no, no, I completely follow. No, I'm not. I'm not emphasizing the jokes. So this one's for my buddy Phil Valayo. So let's just say McDonald's and In and Out. Oh Lord. <laughs> oh God. Don't get started on In and Out. 
Are you gonna are you gonna jump on Whataburger next? <laughs> no, no. Obviously, we know that's the best. No, the point is, if if they only give you Burger King or McDonald's and In and Out, right? And they're like, which one of these two you like best? And whichever one you like best, it's gonna be the we're gonna call that the best burger in the world. Sure. We already know that's BS, right? Yeah. But yeah, that's how we select primers. We we okay. pick one load and we're like, uh. Okay, test these two primers. Okay, that's the best combination in the world. No, it's not. That's just that's just the best primer for that load. Mm-hmm. That's not the best primer for that powder. What you're looking right. for is for the best primer for that powder, for that chamber, with that bullet, with that barrel length, right? So mm-hmm. what things can you change, right? So th- you have to test. What you're testing is the variables, okay? Sure. So this is how I break it down, right? You have a primer. That doesn't change. You have powder. That doesn't change. You have powder charge. Well, that can change. You have a bullet. Well, you're not going to change that. You have a chamber. You're not going to change that. And you have a barrel length. Well, you're not going to change that. So what you have to do is take a powder and test the full range of powder charges. And then you have to do that with the other primer. And you have to do both. And then you have to find within that test that you did, which one has the flattest, lowest ES node and hopefully the widest. Okay. Yeah. Then now, you know, you have the best primer. Okay. I mean, and so you're basically doing two developments separate for the primer. You have to. And they are not the best node for each primer is not going to be at the same charge. Mm-hmm. So, for example, for uh, for BR4s, if let's just say 30, 30 to 30.4 was your node, with 205s, it may be 29.6 through 30.2. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and then uh, you're like, okay, now you have to decide, okay, well, which one do I go with? Now that I have this data in front of me, you have one that, you know, for example, the node is at 2,800 feet per second with that primer, that powder, that barrel, everything. And the other one has a node that's at 2,750, right? But the 2,750 node, uh, it's slower, but the node is like 0.6 grains wide. And then with the other primer, the node is higher up, like at 2,800 feet per second, but it's only like 0.4 grains wide. Eh, you got to decide, right? And that's all yeah. part of the decision process, right? Uh you know, uh, those are some of the things that you just have to. For example, I'm I'm doing a a reloading series on how I load for PRS for, for my Patreon guys, you know, or my supporters. I gotta and get in that shit, man. I need to find the. You need to send me the link to that shit. I'm it's, serious. It's Patreon.com forward slash Eric Cortina. Okay, I've never been on Patreon for anything before, so yeah. it's all that's all new to me too. So yeah, or you can go to my videos. I think I'm putting it in the description. But okay, the point good. is, I test it with my six by forty seven. I test it. BR4s and 205s. And with the BR4s, I had two nodes, okay? But they were only 0.4 grains wide. And one was at 29, uh, 29.90, and the other one was at 30.26. That was the nodes. And with 205s, there was only one node in that range of powder, only one node. And it was at 29.60, but it's 0.6 grains wide. Mm-hmm. For, 
and and I'm like, well, so I went with the 205s because it's 0.6 grains wide. I can literally throw powder with a powder thrower and still be fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and but but if you were, for example, you were doing a hunting rifle, then you're probably gonna want the BR4 load at 30. Yeah, more, 26 more speed. Or whatever, right. So you have to decide what your once you have the data, it's very easy to decide which primer. Sure, so sure. For me, you're, you're I'm looking for the desired outcome. Thing. You know, look at your desired right. outcome, purpose so, of the thing. Yeah, you're right. So, so there's, there's, in in that situation, one primer was best, in my opinion, for me looking like to travel and all these things. Like, oh, this one's 0.6 grains wide. I load it right in the middle. I'll be, I'll be good like forever. But if you were looking for you know, a hunting load or whatever, then you would likely pick the the faster one. You know what I mean? The one that gives yeah. you the accuracy or the low yes, the stability at a higher speed. I mean, that was a... You know, speed kills. Correct. Yeah. So so depending on what you're doing, but see, once you have the data in front of you and you know what the purpose is, it's extremely easy to decide. Sure. But if I just hand you two primers and go pick one, and then you're just going to load the same load with both primers, it's going to be impossible to pick the best one for sure. your needs you know you're going to pick what you think is best yeah maybe something that's acceptable but if you're looking for the best then that's not the way to do it correct so that's that's where people make mistakes they think they, they pick one load and test two different primers well no if you really test like i said i'm just going going around circles now but one primer is going to tune best at one speed and another primer is going to tune best at a different speed so, yeah, and, and maybe and a, maybe and you have charge. a whole lot of right, exactly. Maybe you have a whole lot of one primer. We're like, I'm gonna make this primer work. I'm gonna I'm gonna only use this one primer because I've got you know 15,000 of them sitting right there. Why am I gonna go buy another? As long as I can find something that I like here and it works for me, that's what I'm gonna roll with. You know. So what I'm saying? so that's the other thing. So I selected 205s, uh, but see my br my 30 uh, my br I shoot. Uh, uh, BR4s. BR4s. And I was at Speedy's today, <laughs> and he was telling me, he was asking me if I had any BR4s. I said, I do, but he goes, how many? I said, not as many as you and I would like to have. Because <laughs> yeah, I, I knew what he was fishing for, you know? Yeah. And he's like, I need some BR4s. And I said, I said I'll tell you what. I said, because he has 205s, but they don't work for what he's doing, you know? And I said, I'll tell you what. I said, I'm going to retune my BR with 205s. That way I can shoot the same primer on both rifles. And then I said, I'll trade you my BR4s for your 205s. And that way you can have BR4s and I can have 205s instead of both of us shooting two different primers. So that's what we're going to do. We're just going to consolidate what we have. But see, I can tune. Here's here's the thing. You can tune any rifle to anything. Okay? Because what does tuning mean? That just means making a shoot as small as possible, right? Yeah. But that doesn't mean everybody has a preconceived group size. Like, no, tuning just means making a shoot as good as possible. That's all it means. It may be that your rifle, the best it gets is three quarters of MOA. And that's, and you, but if you do a proper test, you will see that. You're like, okay, here comes the groups. They're getting smaller, smaller, smaller. They flattened out. Now they're getting bigger. Three quarters is as good as you got. Well, that's all you got. You yeah, know what I mean? that's, that's, it is what it is at that point. 
Correct. And, and but see the beauty of, of having a, a, a uh, like I come up with a way to test that I can tell. That's what I'm saying. A hundred rounds for F class, I can tell if if I'm done. You know, it's like mm-hmm. oh the gun got as that's as tight as it got and then it got bigger again. Yeah, well, that's all I got, you know. And then I decide whether that's going to be a, a world championship barrel or it's going to be a club match barrel. Because, see, I have club match barrels and I have world right, championship yeah. barrels. Yeah, you, say, you <laughs> saved in bad boys. <laughs> and, yeah, and if they were all the same, then it wouldn't matter. But it, it, they're not they're not the same. They're, like they're I said, there's, there's some plumbers uh, that, that inch 300 barrel, that's a world championship barrel. <laughs> yeah, it is. If I've ever seen one, you know what is. I mean. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so so um, I feel like we've said a lot, but I haven't said enough. So let me let me let me just give you my rundown on on my uh, on my PRS. Um, I already said open the box, run expander mantle through there, fire it. Okay. Then I come back and I I anneal it. I anneal every time. I do the same thing every time. Okay. So first thing I do is I kneel it. Yes, it's dirty. Yes, whatever. It it works. Okay. So I anneal it, and then fuck. Okay. So I anneal it. Then I run it through my full length sizing. Yes, dirty. I don't care. All right, guys. I you can clean dies. You can clean dies. Yes, it's it's faster to clean dies than it is to clean brush. So I run it through my full length sizing dies. And see, I I I apply. Uh, imperial dye wax. So as mm-hmm. I'm wipe, as I'm applying the the lube with my fingers, I can tell if the brass is dirty. You know, you can feel it. If sure, it is, grit. I wipe it off, and then I. So technically, the brass is not going in there dirty. You know, it's not, not as dirty as it was before you picked it up. Correct. So I put it in in a full length size it, right, with a redding uh, type S bushing dye. Uh, all these guys always accuse me like, well, yeah, you can fooling size because you have all these custom dyes. No, I don't. It's freaking redding. Okay. The same dye. I've got more buy. reddings than any other one dye. Yeah, me too. Uh, run it through the fooling sizing dye. And then I run it through an expander mandrel. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then I trim it. And then I load it. And you trim every trim time? It, yeah, with a drill trimmer. So, you know, it chamfers and it trims, whatever. The point is the brass is exact same size every time I put it in the chamber as it was the previous time. And this is for your PRS load? Yep. Okay. That's it. You know what I mean? I, yeah. So, recap. A Neo, full length size, expander mandrel, uh, Run it through my Jarrell trimmer where it, 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 I mean, it cuts very little, but the point is it, it, it chamfers it and it keeps it at the same length every time. Sure. And reload it. That, the point is that brass is the exact same size now as it was the last time I reloaded it. Right. So if it shot great last time, it's going to shoot great this time because it's the exact same thing. Right. Mm-hmm. That's why I do everything. And it, you know, the Jarrell trimmer, it, it, it's, it takes nothing to do. Right. Okay, so now just wipe the lube off. And and now, if you wanna, if you wanna clean your brass, um, I clean it after fulling sizing. Mm -hmm. That way, it'll get the the lube off and everything. And then after I get it out of the uh, stainless media tumbler, uh, and I only put it in there for like 
15, 20 minutes, okay? Not hours and hours, like 15, sure. 20 minutes. That's it. Just to get the think all I'm doing is getting the lube off of it, okay? Take it out. Brass is clean enough. Uh, I use, you know, those MTM 100 ammo yeah. boxes. If you flip it upside down, you you can knock that insert out. That black insert, the, the, that sure. holds 100 rounds. That makes a perfect uh, ammo tray. That's that's what I use for my ammo block. Okay. My, I just take those out, and that's what I use. Well, those things have holes on the bottom, okay? Yeah. So that you can put your ammo upside down, load it, right? Um, I take that outside, and I set it on top of my AC unit in the summer, and that air, that hot air just blows right through. And yeah, 10 minutes dry. completely dry, and then you bring it inside and you, you, you go to work, right? And sure. Once I bring it, once it's dry, then I trim it. That way, uh, the mouths don't get dinged up by the stainless steel. More, yeah, yeah, I got you. And that's if so, you, and I don't apply any any anything to the next. No no lube, no anything. No dry lube, none of that that's stuff. That's just that's just that's just if you have to apply lube. You're just masking a problem. Okay. You shouldn't have. I don't. To. I don't. I don't do that. I've never used. Yeah, you're lazy. That. We we established that. And you know, Bill's is lazy. I am. You know, like I don't. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I don't like to do. Well, now it's like, I don't like to do anything that's unnecessary. And like I said, if you have to apply lube, then you're masking a problem. It's real simple. Just use less neck tension because that's all you're doing. You're just lubing the bullet in there. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's you shouldn't have to use lube. And guess what happens to the lube when the lube's not going to just stay there. It's going to transfer to the bullet and then from the bullet goes to the barrel. And then every shot you take down the barrel, it's going to add more lube to the barrel. There's more fouling, more more well, shit in your barrel. Never the, it's never the same, right? I mean, the barrel's never going to be the same anyway, because you're just layering copper and stuff in there, carbon. But the point is, you're trying to keep variables to a minimum. Right. right? So did we establish that you're doing the charge weight test on virgin brass? Yeah, you can start there. Yeah. Yeah. So are you finding any difference because uh, maybe virgin brass their shoulders? Now, what are you? What you're you're bumping two thou, three thou, yeah, something like that. Two. two. two and on yes. my Patreon, I have a, I have a I have a video on how to set up your full length section die where it literally takes you. I don't know. I'm going to say 10 minutes or less to get it absolute perfection. Sure. It's so easy. But anyway. So, uh, so are you seeing any difference, though, in what the, I guess, uh, either. Here's, here's what I do. Don't, don't 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 forget what I do. The first thing I do is is I load up 100 rounds and I just go shoot. Because okay, that takes, right, care, of, yeah, we, that we takes care of my barrels speeding up and all that. So I, yeah. that's the first thing I do. So very seldom do I, do I, do I, uh. Do I test on a brand new barrel okay. with brand new brass? I'm right, always testing right. on a barrel that has at least 100 rounds and on brass that has one firing. Right. Okay. That's what I wanted. We were getting at. Okay. Because that but, way but your shoulders can. are. Yeah. You, yeah. And uh, your velocity may be more or less, but it's still equally as good. You know, as yeah. far as spreads. Yeah. It's okay. very close. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, that's that's really all I do. You know what I mean? And the whole series I'm putting together for Patreon. And at some point, hopefully, it'll make it to YouTube. 
if people would just click the like button. And yeah, <laughs> click the fucking like button, you lazy sacks of shit. I like, mean, it, I'm lazy know, as fuck, but I'll hit a damn like button. But but I mean, they'll they'll see. <laughs> like like literally, I posted on Patreon and people are like, "Holy shit, really? Is it this easy?" I'm like, "Yes, guys, it's this easy." You know what I mean? Yeah. It's super. I mean, this shit's it's 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 easy, man. Like, see, I'm I'm not. I'm not lazy, but I'm I I I don't have a lot of time. Well, you want okay. efficiency. Correct. I'm, I like efficiency, right? I don't yeah. have a lot of time. And and there, I'm gonna say back in 2016 or so, I literally took a year off because I, I I'm like I I I I just can't shoot anymore. I don't have the time. You know what I mean? And uh, it was 2015 maybe. The point is, I I took a whole year off. You know. And and then I'm like, man, I really, you know, that's when I started feeling the itch again. And I'm like, I need to shoot again. But if I'm going to do that, I need to. That's when I started really shedding a lot of these things that I was doing that really didn't matter. You know, that's when I said, okay, I'm if I'm never going to shoot again. Fuck it. I'm just going to start testing all these things and just get rid of all these. And that's when it, it, it didn't matter. And I'm like, oh, shit. okay, great. You know, great. Great. Every time I would test some of these things and and my accuracy would not go down whatsoever. I'm like, awesome. Like I would I was happy because I'm like that's just another step that I just cut out of this whole. Now thing. I've got more time to shoot because right. I ain't dicking around with this shit. Well, you know, here's what I used to do. I, I used to get my breasts and clean it. First thing, I'd go wash my breasts. Like all right. Well, no, I'm sorry. First thing, I I, I had to go and run it through the press. And pop the primers out. That was the first step. Because right? you had to get your primer pockets clean. Right. And <laughs> then I had to go wash the breasts. Right. And then I had to dry the breasts. Right. Then I had to anneal the breasts. Fully size it. Then wash it again to get the lube off. Right. Then trim it. Then prime it. Load it. Right. And then I'm like, oh, man. So then I start saying, Okay. And this is back to the, you got to weigh your options. I'm like, okay, what's the worst thing that can happen if I just run dirty brass in my die? Well, I'm going to fuck up my die. I'll buy another freaking die. It's like, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're, what are they, like 60, 80 bucks? Yeah, it's 80 bucks for a fucking die. So. I'm like, let's say every barrel I have to buy a new die. I'll fucking do it. Because if I don't have to ever do this again. You know what it's I mean? It's worth it. Think of the time. That's my that point. That's my it. point. I mean, that's my yeah. point. How much and is I your thought, time worth? I thought, you know what? If I just, if I just don't ever have to, I, I said, if I, if I have to buy a brand new die, like brand new barrel, brand new die, fuck it, I'll do it. And guess what? The freaking die has never wore out. It's got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're on the same. Else. You're on the same die. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm glad I quit doing. It. And like I said, I don't put like dirt and, but you know, I wipe it off, but. But the point is, I'm like, oh, now I don't have to clean the breast. I don't have to dry the breast. How long is that? That's hours, right? Yeah. That's I, that's hours, right? And, uh, and here's the other thing. It's like whenever I will go into my reloading room to reload, guess what I want to be doing? I want to freaking be reloading. I don't want to be waiting for brass to dry. I don't want to yeah. be sitting there waiting for the freaking tumbler to tumble the brass. I don't want to be doing that. If I'm going to go in there to reload, I want to go in there and reload. Okay. Yeah. Make so targets. I cut out the whole wash the brass before, pop the primers out. I'm like, I can pop the primers out with my full length sizing die. 
right? And then I can expand the next, and then I can just go watch the stuff, you know? And then, then I went as far as like, see, then you start going down this, this other rabbit hole, like, well, you know, if I had a progressive press, <laughs> I do all my stuff on a, on a freaking Dalen 750. I don't even do a, a single states anymore. Even seating bullets? This is stuff. Yes. This is stuff. Oh, that's gangster. Oh, you just fucking spent so much of my goddamn money, Eric. Oh, my here, God. Here, here's some things that I don't say. Because I posted that video of, of me shooting that 1.3-inch group. And go read the comments. People are like, this is, so, this is bullshit. This is editing. This is whatever. Like, I don't gain anything. Yeah, how much uh, money did you make off of that that group, that video? I, how I much? No, I've never checked because that's how little it makes, right? But that's not the point. The point was, for one, I was I was filming a video for a whole different reason, okay? The moon's was, just aligned. <laughs> yeah, and I was testing something that I at this point I cannot tell anybody about because somebody told me. A friend of mine said, you need to test this. And I said, you are so full of shit. That'll never work. So I went out to test whatever he told me. And uh, if you look if you, if you you look at the box of ammo at the beginning, when, I, when I'm starting to shoot this group, you will notice that I have like four sets of brass that are already fired. Okay? Uh-huh. This was the last group I shot that day. That's why on the target, it has multiple holes already around where I shot. Because I've been testing... <laughs> different things right sure and i'll be damned if that some bitch wasn't right <laughs> but he told me he told me you cannot tell people about this i said fine right, right. but i recorded it because i never thought it would work right you needed and, proof that you were right or you needed proof that you were wrong one way right. or another uh, and video I, just, evidence. I just i just recorded it and son of a bitch it worked so that's why I, I, I still have all that footage from that test, but I was only able to release this because it's like, hey, I got to release this. He's like, I'm okay with that. But I I didn't tell people what I did. Or yeah, anything, you didn't or give away. Because right. I, respect, I respect him, right? Because sure. he, he helped me, right? So I respect Are you doing that, whatever that was? Are you doing that now? Like, whatever it was, is that something that you implemented full-time for F-Class? Yeah. So... But anyway, so I, I did away with, with, oh, okay, where I'm going with this is that ammo was loaded on the 750. Mm. But I, that's five shot group. But I, oh, the brass was prepped on the 750. You saw how I loaded it. I loaded it. I seated the primal with the, with the, with the primal right seater, and then I went to my Prometheus, and then I seated with my 21st century. But the brass was prepped on the 750 yeah well that's where the nuts and bolts of your time is anyway with brass brass prep but see if if i'm so glad i'm doing this by the way so thank you because if i just make a five minute video saying telling people oh yeah by the way i I did it on the 750 they'll be like that guy's so full of shit blah blah but now that we've been at this for i don't know an hour or two i can i I feel like i'll be like all right man yes i can tell you now I feel like I've developed enough credibility with you to so that you know I'm not bullshitting you, and I can tell you, look, that brass was prepped on the Dylan 750. I believe. And I have I have no, you know, I don't even have to tell you that, but I'm telling you that just so that so that you understand how much 
how far I've gotten away from the whole, oh, you got to get the best press on the market and you got to get the 750 is a great press. It's, it's, it's not the most consistent press, kind of like you're asking me about seeding bullets. I do seed bullets in it, but the way I do it is I seed them all long, the first go around. Yeah, and then you press them then, in. Well, no, no. I still do it with the 750, but I, I, I put Sharpie on one. I think it's number one on the on the on the on the plate. Uh-huh. And then you, you run I run one bullet in or one loaded round and I, I adjust my die. And then you just don't don't bring the, the ram all the way down. And then you put another one in, put another one, and then you're using the same one over and over and over and over. And then you get really consistent results. The problem okay. is that plate, it's got flex. Uh, so yeah. you get, well, at least on mine, I get five thousandths variance if I seat strictly with the press. But mm-hmm. whenever I only use one to seat, then I get like dead nuts. Like right, what you'd want on anything within yeah. one thousandth, right? Yeah. So uh, you got to be smarter than the machine, but it works fine. But I mean, even if even if someone were to do everything minus seating bullets. You're still saving an ass load of time. I mean, if I've well, got a C7 long. turret, and I feel like I'm I'm saving time on this as oh. opposed to uh, a single stage, but going to a Dylan, you talk about triple the savings of time. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, you know, freaking F-Class John, if you guys don't know who that is, go check out his stuff. Um, he's very – F-Class John is the guy that retrofitted uh, – that little robot thing that puts brass on the amp annealer. Yeah. He made it so he can trim brass with it. Oh, that's gangster. He made it, he made it work on his drill trimmer. So he just loads up the brass and the thing just sits there and trims. all. That is cold blooded. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. So you guys got to go check out F class John, but F class John's has a freaking auto drive on his 750 or 650, whatever. And I'm like, I don't need that shit. And now I load it. Like, and I'm like, ah, I need a freaking <laughs> drive, I'm a bitch. Because, you know what I mean? It's just one of those things that I'm like, oh, I need a freaking auto drive now. But, yeah, you see it, and you're just like, get green with envy. Because uh, uh, anytime I hear someone like, yeah, I, I do brass on a 650 or a 750, I'm like, you motherfuckers. Yeah. and uh, Spending my money. But, yeah, I mean, that stuff is uh, – it works perfect. And, you know, on that video that I'm making for uh, Patreon, I, I use – I do everything on the 750, everything, because that's my new thing. And and I throw <laughs> I throw powder with a Charge Master 1500 because, like I said, I find a wide node, and it almost doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, and as it's, you see, there is what I'm throwing on is the – I've got the V3 uh, 120i, and I really enjoy it. It's fast and it's quiet. Really, it, the precision of it's nice, but really the thing I got it for, fucking speed. And that's not as fast as a, like a, an actual powder dropper. I understand that, but right. I mean, that's I got it strictly, and it was the best money I spent because it was fast. That's the only reason why I got it. I don't even right. care if it, that it's more accurate than a Charge Master. It's faster. Right. Well, that's that's where the my Prometheus came in. It, it took me forever to make up my mind, and and finally when I decided I'm gonna, I just don't have the time, you know. And I said, okay. Uh, I finally just bought it, and yeah. the then Prometheus I, I don't off. have the money for. So. That's well, that's what I kept saying. <laughs> and once I bought it, I was like, 
why the hell did I do this sooner? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And uh, and I was considering buying a second one for PRS, and I thought, no, 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 I, I you know, I'm not gonna do that. I'll just, you know, if I if I find the node, then it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. what I do. I just uh, better for F class. There's no, you know, F class. I, I you just again. Remember earlier I told you that in 2017 I was literally like a sixteenth of an inch from having a, a national record. Yeah. That was in Lodi. That flight back was a peaceful one because I knew I had done everything possible to my rifle, to my load, that it was just not meant to be, right? Mm-hmm. But if I had half-assed anything, I would have. I'd still be kicking my ass. Yeah, you'd be kicking yourself. Yeah, for, wishing for not you spending, for, for not doing that extra step. You know what I mean? Going that could have made the difference. If you know, if I had just done that, if I, you know, and that's where F class uh, load prep gives me the peace of mind. Like, okay, I did everything I could. It just wasn't meant to be. Whatever. You know what I mean? And then just. Yeah, oh yeah, I get it. Because I've been there where I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm just not gonna I'm just not gonna trim my breast this time. Or I'm just not whatever, you know, and then lose by one X. And then I'm like, if I would have freaking trimmed, maybe that would have made the difference. Yeah, so what you did left you without regret. I mean, it left exactly. you with the, with the inability of regret. Exactly. And uh, and that's the bottom line. You know what I mean? So that's why in F class I do a lot more. And see, F class I do a lot more also because we shoot team. Yeah. And that, when you have a full team of guys that are i mean i don't want to brag on my guys but i mean we we've been kicking ass for the last five years like team lapua brooks borden we we just we won i don't know six or seven national championships in the last so you're shooting a borden action yeah borden action uh brooks barrel uh, yeah i never knew what action you were actually shooting uh i I knew your barrels and 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 lapua and all that stuff yeah it's a borden um uh, see i'm a very simple guy like i have i like to have two rifles for each discipline two so when i started prs i knew i was built two and two for f class right and they're they're meant to be identical Mm -hmm. okay to to where i can switch from one to the other and feel no difference right Mm-hmm. Uh, except for I built one for uh, PRS, my 6x47, and then Jim Borden came out with that super short action. Yeah, that thing I, looks sexy. Oh, man, I got to have one of those. And, and then I got one of those. And that's where I built the 6BR. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, but they're, other than that, they're identical. You know what I mean? Sure. But uh, I don't, I'm not one of those guys that has four or five, eight different rifles. That just, to me, that's just a distraction. And uh, another thing that I – well, see, I haven't even went into the full – like, there's so much setup that goes into making a rifle shoot properly. And I'm talking about the dies, the, the you know, the load, the dies, your, your freaking comparators, your – everything that, that you have to get working properly for that one rifle. And that's sure. why I like to have just one or two – but I don't like to play with all these different like it cracks me up like every time. You're you're, you're like, speaking you, to me right now because I like have you guys are the worst. I have PRS. an AI. I mean I have an AI. It's and I've got five different fucking calibers for that rifle. 
So mind you, it's the same. It's the same rifle, just different barrel, but just the the different different array of bullets, an array of recoil, an array of loading, the array of everything involved. I'm biting myself in the ass for it. That's why uh, we, me and my my shooting partners, we talked about like next year is i mean that's going to be the nuts and bolts of my season next year is that dasher so um and the ai is going to be very rarely used for that purpose so so i i like to have just one and one bullet one powder one brass that's it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. because that will simplify your life you know simplicity for sure um again when you for example what when I go again, I said that earlier. When I go into my reloading room, I want to reload. Yeah. When when you go into your reloading room, you're like, oh, well, oh, I got a. What do you have a dasher? What else? GT? You have a GT? No, I don't have a GT. I've I got yet. a dash. No, <laughs> there's no need. There's no need for it because I don't care I, what anybody says. It does not feed like it's supposed to feed. And the fact that Lapua doesn't make brass for it is even more for me that I'm not not getting one. But yeah. no, I've got a dasher. I've got a BR. I've okay, got so. Uh, uh, a fucking 25 Creedmoor, a uh, six Creedmoor that I only shoot factory ammo out of. But when I don't feel like reloading, I shoot that. You know? So, so, so that's my point, right? So I go into my reloading room, and uh, for example, right now that I'm shooting PRS, my mm-hmm. 750s is set up for PRS, and I got my deal right there, and I'm like, okay, I, I literally sit down, grab my brass, and I, I start reloading, right? You go in there, you're like, well, uh, you know, I think I'm gonna try the, the, the I don't know, whatever, the 25. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah, the yeah. BR, I don't know. Let me go look at my totally brass. Right. Let me you're see what, totally let me right. see where my, oh, you know what? I think I have enough brass with this one. And, but when you I always go back to the, the man with only one clock always knows what time it is. The man with two clocks is never certain. Right. No, I'm, I'm with you 100%. And, and you're so, speaking to me. I think when I go there, when I go into my reloading room, I grab my brass and I start reloading. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, there's no question. There's no there's debate. No, there's no decision making. There's no debate at all. You know what I mean? And there's yeah. just no decision making. You like go in there and that's it. Well, and now that we're on me, I actually I have a problem. Uh, well, I have a situation that I want your opinion on. I have found what I think is the culprit, mm-hmm. but uh, I want to hear your your take on it because I learned about it uh, literally two weekends ago. It's not this past weekend, but weekend before last, I had a match. So in the lead up to that match, I was going to shoot this this dasher. Well. I had uh, this brass, this, the pool dasher brass was three times fired, and I was going to kneel it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I I don't have an amp annealer, but my shoot partner does. I don't does. either. Yeah, well, I don't have any annealer. <laughs> okay. So I I give it to him. He uh-huh. toasted three pieces of brass to uh-huh. make sure to got the Aztec code right or whatever. Annealed yeah. it, um, and he went right in the middle. It was perfect. Uh, annealed it, gave it to me. Now. After that, I had at the time a a hold me over tumbler because I had broken my original tumbler and I needed I couldn't find one anywhere. So I went to Harbor Freight and bought a shitty ass tumbler that sucks, but it got me by and I just never ordered a new one. Right. Well, I put it in there, put all my brass in there, was going to tumble it uh, and, uh, you know, I sized it and everything. So getting all the, the lube off. And it it started making a lot of noise. I was like, what the hell? And the wing nut was backing off of the stem on the thing. And I was like, shit. So I went and went back down on it and got to doing something else. And it started again. And I was like, well, shit, 
I, I'm not going to walk out of here. I would normally let it tumble overnight in, in the yeah. media tumbler and then come back and turn it off, whatever. I was like, I am not leaving this shit here. And then I come upstairs and there is media all over my reloading room with yeah. brass everywhere. So I was like, the, let me check it. I pulled a piece of brass out. Mind you, it had been tumbling for like 15, 20 minutes. Okay. Post annealing and sizing. And I was like, oh, uh, the, the, there's no lube on it. It did good enough in 20 minutes. There's no lube on it. Okay. So went and loaded up 100. I had uh, 40 pieces from a prior match. Uh, of my load so this was two times fired right now i hadn't shot them yet and uh i loaded the the remaining what i needed uh with the annealed brass and same load same exact to the kernel uh and then same exact to the half thou seating uh depth well i went out and just to shoot and verify and i'll be damned if my groups from this didn't go to this and i was like what the fuck and then so I'm like, what the hell? So I went and got some of the old brass. So, I mean, the, so the, for the, for old the listeners, brand. your groups went from quarter inch to one one inch. Yes, yeah, uh, roughly an inch. Yes, a yeah. quarter, literally a quarter inch. You know, on any t- any day of the week, quarter inch to an well, inch. Did you have Not a control load? Did you have Did you have Did you shoot both side by side? Yes, yes, okay, I did. Okay. So that's why yeah. I was like, all right, making sure something just like the barrel yeah. or I don't know. So I went and got, you know, a, a handful of the old ones and shot them. Boom, sucked it right back in. I said, all right, it ain't the barrel. It's the only variable here is the brass that I annealed. So I'm thinking the oh, annealing. Oh, I see what it is. Okay, yeah, I know okay, the Okay, so, oh, yeah. so I, go to, uh, I go to the match. I don't even take that Well, rifle. you want to know what you did? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to see. Yeah. I've, I've found what I think is the culprit, right? So, and I did, I've got a test group to, to a, a control group for that. So, uh, I loaded up what I needed and then didn't end up shooting that. Right. I spent all that time loading up all that fucking ammo and then ended up shooting factory burger, uh, 140 hybrid six, five Creedmoor in the match because I had it, you know, yeah. and this was like the Thursday before the match. So, right. um, anyway, and I got to talking to some guys, do you know who Tracy Hogg is? Yeah. He's an F class shooter. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's a, a top, good. He's a top shelf F shooter. Yeah, a 308 guy. He's he's yeah. a good friend of mine, and he was talking to me. He says, yeah, dude, he's a he's a he's a no, nah, he's a good guy. Anyway, go ahead. He said, and I told him everything I did, and he said, you didn't tumble the brass long enough post annealing. He said because now you've got the metallurgical change from the annealing. And the fact that it was, you know, carbon fouled in the neck and you've got you don't have a bullet, a neck tension problem. You've got a, a bullet grip problem. It's erratic, letting loose the groups or whatever. And then so I was like, all right, well, I'll try it out. So I come back home and I had a, I had 10 pieces of that brass that I got annealed that I never loaded. I had at the match. I ordered a new fucking tumbler. It met me here at the house when I got back, uh, put it in there, tumbled it overnight. Loaded 10 pieces, and sure enough, two five-shot groups just as fucking pretty as you could do. And so what I did then was I have since pulled, and I haven't shot these yet, I have since pulled 10 bullets, dumped powder out, cleaned the damn necks with this brush because it's live primers, and I'm short on primers right now. So, And I'm trying to see, like, if this is really a thing, but uh, the only ones I know of is the ones that I actually tumbled, which was the same as – Go ahead. Did you 
Remember about an hour ago, I, I said, do not lube your necks. <laughs> well, I, this was in, in the lubing of the brass, the full length side. No, but no, but essentially what you did is you lube your necks with your tumbler. Was there lube in, in the necks? Uh, well, I'm sure there probably was for me spraying because I use horny one shot and I'm just sh- I spray the brass and everything. I'm not like using imperial like dry lube. I don't right. do that. Right. So, so um, two things. I think Tracy might be correct in the sense. So he's talking about that you got just uh, kind of like a gravel road feel on your breast just because it it, it kind of cooked. Yeah. Is that on what the saying? inside. Yeah, yeah. Like there's it's a there's a grit on the inside of the right. necks from it being annealed and getting to temperature, and then it didn't have time to really clean out in the. Yeah, that, that's a possibility. That's a, that's a possibility. And the other one is you change your neck tension. Just because it's when you're neolated, you have less neck tension, right? It grips less on the bullet. So the point is, it's it's in your necks, right? Nothing. No, well, I know it is a neck issue. I know right. I've, I've known that it is because that's the only thing that can be different is them fucking necks. Right. So. Uh, but but uh, yeah, it, it's gonna be in there. Uh, I I just if if they look rough in there, maybe that's maybe Tracy's right. That's why I'm saying that. I like to do the exact same thing every time. You know what I mean? And yeah. by the way, my PRS right, uh, brass, and it's funny because you know how everybody marks their brass? You know how I yeah. know which one is my brass? It's a dirty one. Yeah, the really dirty ass brass. Yeah, the, the, the stuff that nobody like even dares to pick up, that's mine. It, it looks like <laughs> it was there from the last match exactly. <laughs> like a month before. <laughs> and I'm like, they're like, I'm like, yeah, that's mine right there, the dirty one. They're like, really? I'm like, yeah. Again, back to, see, I started shooting PRS because it looks fun to me and I needed a break from the, from, from, from F class in the sense of like, I need to let loose. This is part of my therapy of, of, Quit doing so much stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. I and this is part of like, let's see how far I can take it the other way without it mattering. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Let's and, see how lackadaisical I can get and right. it still not matter. Like exactly. as far as my, what you're so, paying for it in accuracy. Exactly. So yesterday I went out to the to the ranch and I have a, I guess that's a, like a 30% Ipsic. It's a tiny thing. It's like seven inches wide mm-hmm. uh, at 1050. And I was fire forming brass and... And I bet you I tagged the thing, I'm going to say 80% of the time. Mm-hmm. That's good shooting. Yeah, and, good ass and shooting. <laughs> fire forming. And it wasn't mild because I was holding between 1 and 1. 1.4 mils. So it was windy, you know. And when I would miss, I, I mean, that's what, that's why I was missing. It wasn't the load. It was like. Oh, it you know, because I could see clearly, like I just move over and just tag it. But but I mean, I'm like, wow, that's just literally just a random load that I just adjusted with a tuner. You know what I mean? Uh, of course, I use the easy tuner, but uh, it's it's like, literally I'm I'm gone like completely the other way to see how far I can go. And it's like, I think it's gonna blow people's minds when I show on my videos how easy it is to, to really get like half a moi load that shoots like like consistent you know what i mean and i mean it would take me here's the problem with with uh, i don't want to call it problem but i could tell you it take us hours and hours but i could exp- it's i have to explain the why you know what i mean because I, if i yes. just tell you 
I need people to understand the why. Once you're not learning anything. Exactly. You're not learning anything. The why. That's it. I got them. You know what I mean? And like I said, I'm not trying to get anybody. I'm I'm trying to help them. And I'm like, but if I just, I don't want people to say, well, I reload like this because Eric told me to do it. No. It's like all these methods that people give names to all these reload. Oh, I, I use the whatever method and I use so-and-so method, whatever. Unless you understand why you're just chasing somebody else. You know what I mean? And they're like, well, I tried the so-and-so method. It didn't work for me. It didn't work because you don't understand. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's some, there's, well, I'm going to do the Cortina method because I'm lazy <laughs> and I like doing it in less time. So that's, yeah. that's for real. And, I don't and, give a shit the why. <laughs> you know, like, like Scott, what is it, Satterley? Yes, yeah, Scott Satterley, yep. I've never met him. I friended him on Facebook. I don't even know if he... If he he's a, a stand-up dude. He's a really solid yeah, guy. And I, I've heard that he has a 10-shot method. I've never looked into it. People have told me, you know, they've asked me, or I've seen it in the comments, like, oh, I use the Satterley method, his 10-shot method. I've never looked into it. Because that's another thing that I don't do. It's like I don't I don't go out seeing what everybody else is doing because I'm too busy kind of testing on my own. You know what I mean? It figure, yeah. Well, and he and honestly, it's funny because he he is uh, you know self described that way as well. Is that he's a it, a tinkerer. He's like I want to figure out like he's he's shooting. He's he added like. I'm, I'm going to butcher this. I think he added, he with a reamer, added like 300 thou of free bore just to have factory ammo jump so much. You can't do it with a reamer. You, he, he, well, he had to get a, a, a free bore reamer. It's a different reamer. Yeah, because t- tinkering, he's like, hey, I'm going to see how far down this rabbit hole I can go of adding free bore to where he You can add he two says, inches. Yeah, and, and he's... Still shoot. Yeah, and that's a, that's his that's his point, you know. And yeah. he and the, the whole thing, his whole this whole sad. I don't even know if he even calls it the Saturday method, but he it, it was in tinkering. You're like, hey, I'm I got time. I'm gonna figure this well, shit out. I'm gonna figure something fun most out. Most of the know? stuff that I found out is through fuck ups. Like I kind of like you found out about your 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 group shooting so big. You know what I mean? Sometimes the opposite happens. You fuck up and you you your one inch group all of a sudden shoots a quarter inch and you're like yeah. whoa what, whoa, the hell what was happened? that <laughs> and then you go and you're like you know what I this is what I did I'm gonna do it again and you do it again and it works and you're like okay and then I'm like okay why and then you understand the why and you're like I got it you know what I mean yeah and then so, you can explain but never but see but if you're never changing anything you're never learning because you're just doing the same thing over and over and over right yeah. so but it's whenever you're Trying all these things. That's how we found penicillin, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but thank God. Thank God. Right. <laughs> but uh, but I mean, a lot of the things that have worked for me, it's because I forgot to do something or I did something different, and then all of a sudden it just, like I said, the opposite of what happened. Yeah, you worked. It clicked and it's like, in, in oh, the positive. Shit. Yeah. Then it's like, let's see, you got to keep track of what you did so that you can duplicate it, and then you're like, oh man, I can't believe. Okay, wow, this is working. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, well, hell, I came up with, you know, I didn't come up with tuners, okay? I, I did not invent tuners. Uh, but that's the reason I started making tuners. So I started using somebody else's tuner, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a, you know, in my F-Class rifle, 32-inch barrel, and I had a, uh, uh, what is those cases, those freaking expensive cases, hard cases? Uh, talking about Pelicans? Yeah, yeah, Pelicans. And I had one of those. And I bought this tuner 
for like 50 bucks or whatever. I don't know, $100. What? No, it was $125, I remember. Uh, and I put it on my rifle, and I wouldn't fit in the case. So, like, fuck. And I had to fly to Phoenix, right? So I'm like, okay, I guess I got to take the barrel off or take the whatever. And, like, I don't want to do that. I guess I could take the tuner off. Well, I'm like, man, but this thing is set. I don't want to. I don't want to fuck with it, you know. Yeah. And and this this thing didn't have markings on it or anything. And I'm like, I, I'm gonna screw it up if I take it off. Sharpie. Well, that's the thing. I'm like, I, I just. So I'm like, so I went and I bought another Pelican case, a bigger one, you know. So now this freaking tuner just cost me a million dollars, right? Five hundred dollar Pelican. Yeah. And I'm like, this sucks. So whatever. So. After I verify that the tuner works, I'm like, why do they have to look so ugly, right? Like, do they have to look that ugly? Why? So then I'm like, I'm going to make one that doesn't look ugly and, and try it. So I made like, I don't know how many different ones, five or ten different models, different versions of it, until I came up with the one I have now, which, but it was twofold, right? So the tuner worked so well that I wanted to run a tuner. I wanted it to look good. But number three, I wanted to make it look like I didn't have a tuner. So, right, so yeah. my tuner, if you look at it, what the the original one, it was meant for inch 250 barrels, and the tuner is inch 250. So the only thing you see is just a little gap between the barrel and the tuner. Mm-hmm. And I just put markings all the way around so that I could remove it and replace it if I needed to. But I don't have to because it sits back. So the, the muzzle is flush with the tuner, so it doesn't add length to the barrel, right? Right. That was another thing. I don't like. I don't want people having to freaking buy it. <laughs> New Pelicans every, right. all the way so, around. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> the other reason for the tuner was I wanted to be able to have the same load for my main rifle as my backup rifle. Because, see, you can imagine going to a world championship where we have to take 600 rounds and you take a backup rifle. Now you got to load 1,200. I'm right. like, no, I just want to load 600 and tune it to my backup rifle with my tuner, you know. And then if my main rifle goes down, well, I have a backup. But I don't have to hold another set of ammo for it, you know. Right, yeah. And that's where the tuner came in. Uh, and, you know, now it seems like almost everybody in FLS shoots tuners. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. – well, it's big. Didn't it get its really to get its get its really start in small bore? Oh yeah, because, because you can't you load. Tune, you're not loading yeah. 22, so you to get your shit the, the shoot load. Ready. Correct. Yeah, you and then, tune the barrel then, to the load. And now I I use it on my PRS rifle, you know, and uh, you know, like I shot that match a year or two ago that that uh, the Silent Night, and I always shoot with a muscle break. And that time I needed a suppressor, so. I pulled off the the muscle brake, put on the suppressor, and and tuned the rifle so that it would shoot with a suppressor. I'm done. You know what I mean? Like right, yeah. Ten rounds. Let's go. And now I have a setting for suppressor and I have a setting for muscle brake. How easy is that? You know what I mean? Yeah, write write it down and, and so so all this all this including the tuner goes back to me simplifying my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which yeah. Allows and and look, and if you ever want to shoot factory ammo. I mean, oh, yeah. you can get factory ammo. I don't think you're going to take with any tuner, and I have a tuner, so I'm a, I'm a firm believer of what they do. 
but I don't think you're going to take a shitty rifle and make it a good rifle, but you can take a good rifle with maybe a less than well, what you want load and make it even better. You can take it. This is back to that. You can take a shitty rifle and make it as good as a shitty rifle can be. Can be. Yeah. That's, which may be less shitty. It's ex- just well, yeah, less it, shitty. It may be, it may be more shitty. And so this is the, 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 the thing about when people call me about my tuner or they ask me, they're like, is that tuner going to shrink my groups? I'm like, possibly. They're yeah. like, well, I'm not going to buy it if it ain't going to shrink. I'm like, I said, what if you already have your rifle tuned to its max? This thing yeah, is not going to. It's not going to give you better than that. You know? Point one so, to point one. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, this. the tuner is going to make your rifle as good as it can. But it, there's no guarantee on how good that is. Just like, yeah. just like, you know, people, there's a guy that, that – Three four days ago, was telling me that he ordered a rifle that they gave him a quarter MOA guarantee, a quarter inch at 100 yards guarantee with factory ammo. I'm like, who's stupid enough to do that? Because, and then I asked him, I said, okay, who's the shooter? Do you shoot or do they shoot? Because it's even stupider if, if if they just say, here's a quarter uh, quarter MOA rifle guarantee and anybody can shoot it. Because not everybody can shoot quarter MOA. No. Right. And. Uh, but anyway, and then he came back with like, oh no, I just read the fine print. It has it has to be select loads. And I'm like, yeah, okay, now now it sounds more like it. But I, well, that's something that sounds like something like what Tac Ops does with the factory 308 uh, gold medal match. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tac Op, Mike Mike at Tac Ops over in California. I mean, but the thing about it is he builds those rifles specifically for gold medal match ammo. For, for yeah. departments and stuff, and but, so and those are has, amazingly shot rifles. But, but they rifles. shoot them, right? Not the not the not the shooter. The, right. He'll yeah. send you a fucking group yeah. that big, you know, shot with that rifle, and they right. if you can shoot it, they'll do it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So if I mean, you can shoot it. Correct. So uh, yeah, exactly. And and you know, a, a quarter MOA rifle is not going to be a quarter MOA rifle every day. You know, it's in a vice. <laughs> yeah. So that's another thing I got. Uh, my Patreon, uh, I told guys if, if it gets to a certain level, which is getting really close, I'm going to get a rail gun. And then I'm going to be on YouTube testing all these little things, all these different things on a rail gun where nice. it literally eliminates the shooter. And I'm yeah, like, okay, completely. guys, here's, yeah. we're really going to learn now. You know what I mean? So my Patreon supporters, man, they're really, they're, they're really, they're really kicking ass over there. They're, they're yeah, really- you know, I told my audience when I mentioned I was gonna get you on, I was like, I'm going to literally take pliers to Eric's toes <laughs> until he goes through everything. But that was also, as we've established, I did not know you had a Patreon account. So I want you to be successful as you possibly can be in your Patreon account. So. Well, Mine, see, you've, not, well, first of all, you've with two or two and a half hours in, you have dropped so much knowledge in this podcast, and I'm, I mean, ecstatic with what we've talked about so far. Uh, I mean, I can go all night about this, but uh, if you want to get into the real nuts and bolts into how to efficiently uh, reload ammo as good as you possibly can for your rifle and squeeze out all the action you can. Hey, you need to go see Eric's Patreon account because right. all the information is there. It's going to be – and, you know, I'm going to start the series, and it's going to be a series, and I'm going to try – my goal is to put out a video every week. You know what I mean? Uh, because it's 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 a lot. 
especially when I'm putting it on video format. You know, it's a lot of work and it's a lot oh, of editing. And it's, editing is a crazy. dick. Uh, it's a uh, dick. So you know, these these are some of the things that people don't know. And you know, I get it. They don't they don't understand. They don't know me. Whatever. Some some people on YouTube are like, oh, this guy just he's just after money. Whatever. But see, you already know about my other channel, right? That's a big channel. So close to 150,000 subscribers. Right? Mm-hmm. So I'm doing this. I don't have to do this, right? I'm doing it because I want to help people. And I'm, I'm literally tired of all the frustration that I see people go through. And and like I said, whenever I decided, you know, I'm going to look back into this, see how things are going. And I started literally researching low development, long range low development. And oh my God, the videos that I found, I'm like, holy shit. Like people. I love the one you did with the dude, the, the breakdown of that video. Oh my God. Dude, there's so many more. That, uh, and uh, and then I just thought, you know Eagle what? Eye. Eagle Eye, is that his name? <laughs> That's what he goes by. But, you know, I thought, you know what? Why? Like, I, I could do reaction videos all day, but... And, and my plan was not to beat up on the guy, but mainly just show people, like, look, guys, like... Like, this is why you're chasing the tail. Don't do this. You know what I mean? He has another yeah. video that I, I did a reaction to, and I, I just never put it out, but... He says how to take a half MOE gun to a quarter MOE gun. And he he had about a half. I was probably a little bigger. But let's just say he never measured the groups, right? That's number one. But he had about a half MOE group. Let's call it a half MOE group, right? Four shots is kind of right. Uh, five shots is kind of, yeah, just kind of like two or three, you know, maybe two were touching, whatever. The point is, yeah, about half MOE, right? And then he shoots an, he he turns next and then he indexes the rounds to 12 o'clock what you know whatever and uh, he shoots another group and four of them are touching and the fifth one just flies way out yeah and he's like oh yeah we're not gonna worry about that one I'm like yeah, no 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 don't worry about he, that <laughs> that group that second group was bigger than the first group. Yeah, but of just course, he has four touching. It's yeah, still bigger. He skipped he like the fifth one. He's like, oh, we're not gonna worry about. It. I'm like, no, you're sh- you're saying you you're literally not doing what you said you're gonna do. And then yeah. he just goes through the whole. That's at the beginning of the video. And then he goes the entire video, trying to tell people how to how to do this. And I'm like, dude, you didn't even prove that you can do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. And yeah. That's why I, I like you know I'm not even gonna do this because. It's not going to get anywhere. Uh, well, it's people, like me saying, hey, I'm going to make it. This is how you make uh, this is how you make five million dollars. And I'm not even a millionaire. Correct. And I, there's a lot I, of I'm not going to tell you how to make five million dollars when I ain't even worth a million dollars. Or not even. I'm going to simplify. It's like saying, look, I'm going to show you guys how to keep how to cook the perfect medium rare ribeye steak. And then you overcook it. Yeah, you fry it. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, that's the, like, no, no, but see, this is how it's done. I just kind of fucked it up, but it, this is how it's done. It's like, <laughs> I didn't do you it. You can't even do it. You know what I mean? But, uh, but this is what he did. And then he went on just a ton of BS. And I'm like, I, you know, I'm just not going to do it. Just well, not gonna you can look at the man's rifle until, and I'm not saying that you have to have, you know, three thousand yeah. rifles. But I mean, it's you know, if you're that good at what you do, you're gonna invest in what you're doing. So, and I mean, my scope was worth more his entire rifle and scope. So well, you know, the the original when that first video came, you have to understand, I get peppered with links 
by my friends like every freaking day. Hey, go check out this guy. Go check. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, man. I don't have time. Well, you started something. So yeah. they're going to. <laughs> but when this guy did that video, uh, I went to his and I met. I don't even remember what the comment was, but the point was uh, I commented on there and he, you know, he, he replied. And then I said, look. You're not. That gear that you have. Is really not going to give you good feedback yeah. on whether because for example if you can take a a true half MOI gun and turn it into a true quarter MOI gun you did something right yeah. but if you take a one MOI gun and turn it into a three quarter MOI gun you haven't done anything yeah you know what I mean it's it's yeah. it's it's within it's too much noise, what I call noise, right? There's just, it's within the margin of error. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, if uh, it was that easy to take equipment like that and produce what he's saying you can produce with that, then no, none of us would have the money spent in the rifles and the equipment we use because, oh, I could spend that on a, a my next mortgage payment. You know right. what I'm saying? And so it's, it, it, you can't. You got to just consider the source of information. Right. And, or and, and so what I said, I said something along the lines of like, you know, your equipment. The margin of error in your equipment is larger than than the gains that you are claiming that you're getting. So, you know, I'm not being a dick or anything. I'm just saying stating facts. Right. It, it's it, so the truth. The you know, facts don't care about your feelings. I mean, Correct. and then he came back with I don't remember, but he came back with something along the lines of like. Uh, that anybody that shoots equipment like I shoot. Oh no no no! I know what he said. He said sponsor shooters. Uh, I'm trying to remember, but he said something along the lines that sponsor shooters, uh, pretty much are are sellouts. Anybody that sponsors a sellout, and they only they only tell you, pretty much they're everything they tell you is to protect the the. The, their sponsor. Their sponsors, and they sold out, and that's why they have free equipment. And I'm like, this guy, obviously he's wrong, but he he doesn't know that he's wrong, right? It's, well, he doesn't know what he doesn't know. I mean, the same the, thing with us in, in starting the reloading game. We don't know what we don't know. That's why we do all this goofy shit that we started out doing. Yeah, it's that, that uh, that uh, oh, what is it called? That, that uh, when they say that the stupid people don't know they're stupid because they are stupid. Yeah, right. I forget what they call that. But anyway, um, and and he, you know he's like, oh, sponsor shooters are they're sellouts. So, you know, they get everything for free. And I'm like, man, you could not be farther from the. He, and again, he doesn't know. I mean, you don't get sponsored. Um, I, at least you know I'm very thankful for my sponsors. But you know, I mean, the sponsors that I have, trust me, you're not just gonna show up and say, hey, I'll do whatever you tell me to do, just sponsor me. Because for one, right. they're not gonna want a person like that. That's number right. one. Yeah, they want someone who actually believes in, in their product and, right. and you know. So I was shooting. Corporate. I was shooting Lapua brass way before Lapua even knew who I was. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Lapua had no idea who Eric Cortina was. Nobody else did either, right? But then I I won some championships or whatever, and then, um, you know, they're like, okay, and and I was lucky enough that at the time they didn't have anybody sponsored in F class. And I sent in my resume, and I'm like, cross my fingers. And and of course, I waited until I I had some some championships under my belt and some records and things. And they're like, okay, let's do this, you know. 
Uh, but and I've been with them for man eight years or so, maybe not. I don't know with Lapua, right? And 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 uh, and you know Brooks Barrels. I was shooting Brooks Barrels long before I was sponsored by Brooks Barrels. You know what I mean? And because see, that's the other thing that people don't understand. There's people that like to win, and there's people that like to be sponsored. If you gave me the option between being sponsored or winning, I'll pick winning every time. Every time. Every fucking time. But see, there's guys that are like, oh, well, I'm not going to win anyways. I might as well just get sponsored. No, no. You need to you need to have the winner mentality. And so the other thing is people that worry about barrel life. If you worry about barrel life, you're not going to win. Right. Yep. That's not something you should worry about. It's an expendable item. That's just what happens, right? And if you worry about the wrong things, you just—it's just not—you're just not, not going to win. Imagine a, a, if you're a race car driver and, and you, you worry about do your tires. A burnout. Yeah, well, I don't want to do a burnout because I, I want to conserve my tires. Well, you can—you're you, gonna—you're not going to win ever. Yeah, <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Yeah. So uh, it's like I told people many times. I'm like, if every time I went to the national championships, if they said, look. This is what it's going to take for you to win a national championship. Here it is. Follow every step. The downside is your rifle is going to be shit when you're done. Like literally it's going to be unusual. Your barrel, your action, your scope, everything. Like you have to give up the rifle. Yeah. I'm like, I would pick the national. I I would say, hell yeah, let's do it. You know. And I just build another rifle for the next one and do it again. I said, however, if it was that easy. I, I get bored pretty fast. You know what I yeah, mean? Right. But yeah. the point is you have to and you know we can get into this on another episode, but you here's the bottom line. I'm not a I don't like and I didn't know this. I found out after I did plenty of winning that I realized I hate losing more than I hate that I like winning. I hate losing more than I like winning. Because when I win, ah, okay, yeah, thank you, you know, that was great, thank you guys, whatever. That, that's yeah, kind of the feeling that yeah, I get. You're, okay. you're grateful for it, you're, yeah, you're proud, yeah, but yeah, and it but doesn't... it's not, it's not. But when I could have won and I lose, oh fuck, man, that drives me like crazy. Like, yeah, the winning doesn't feel as good as much as losing hurts. Exactly, you know, it's, it, if you were to weigh the two, is like like losing hurts way more than than. Winning feels good. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's there, and that's what I'm saying. Like I hate losing more than than I like winning, and most people will not understand that unless you won quite a bit. Most people will not understand that. You know, Cam Cam Newton, uh, you know, NFL quarterback. He uh, he he may he's has a had I guess I guess maybe still does I don't know had a reputation of. After a loss, you know, in the the post game press conference, uh, not being the I guess the nicest and about it and everything, he basically oh you're a sore loser, all this stuff, and it actually came up in a press conference one time. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you say to people who call you a sore loser? He said, I tell you what, I've been used to winning my whole life, high school, college. You know, when I first started here, he said, I'm, you show me a good loser, 
I'm going to show you a loser. Yeah. I mean, I'm so and I'm, I'm not saying don't don't have don't have a bad attitude. You know, lose gracefully in public, but let it eat you. You know, it let it eat at you to where it drives you. But you know, he says, hey, look, if you're okay with losing, then that means you're a loser. Yeah. So here's 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 how I operate. Okay. And and anybody that 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 knows me knows this. You and I can go at it. I mean, I'm going to be, there's no mistake. I'm trying to freaking stomp your head. That's bottom line. Okay. Yeah. And, and and see, PRS, that's not who I am. PRS, I'm just out there having fun. Okay. But in F class, I'm going to try to stomp your head into the ground. Yeah. That's well, that, that's your, that's your, that's your, your arena. You know, that's but, your. But if I can't, I'm going to go and I'm going to shake your hand. I'm going to say, good job. You know, because I know, because see, I know what it takes, right? I'm yeah, still not so you knew what it take for that person. That, that you person knew what it took for that person to didn't beat you. Right, but I'm still not gonna be, I'm still not gonna be, uh, happy, happy. about yeah. my performance. See, just because sure. I'm happy about yours doesn't mean I'm happy about mine. Right? Or accept yours, yeah. In, Correct. In, like, like personally, because there's 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 a difference between being beat by somebody else and being beat by yourself because oftentimes and this has happened how many times have you been out at a match and, and you you have a bad stage and then you get pissed off or whatever and then you just throw away the entire match just because of the bad stage because you just mm, can't the majority of my matches <laughs> yeah it's just you just cannot reset you know what i mean yeah feast and forget it's, it's something called so this is something that everybody needs to think about it's called feast and forget Feast on the good shots, feast on the feeling, feast on, on, on everything you did right. Focus on that and forget the ones that you did bad and then just like, hey, that's just part of it. You know what I mean? But yeah. what happens That sounds is, like with winning in mind. That is. No, that, that is with winning in mind. By yeah. the way, remember earlier I said you got to work on your software? You got to work on You got to read books. Yeah. And, things like that. and it's, you know what? I love that you're bringing this up because when, you know, we, you know, we've mentioned a couple of times how, you know, you might come on for another episode. I've already been through this conversation. I've already the, the gears have been turned into my head of what that next episode is going to be. And it's literally going to be about mindset and winning. So here's here's the thing. And we, we're getting close to probably needing to shut it down. But I'm, I'm going to leave you with this. I can teach anybody. How to shoot in less than one year. And I've done it multiple times. Mm-hmm. I can shoot anybody. I can teach anybody how to shoot to my level or higher. Okay. See, there's no better. There's a lot better achievement for me to shoot somebody how to shoot better than me. Than yeah. worse than me. That, to me, that that's that's how I know I'm good. <laughs> right. When yeah. I can teach somebody, because uh, see, if I can teach somebody how to shoot better than me, that makes me really happy. You know what I mean? Like whenever I teach somebody how to shoot and they beat me, they talk shit and and I talk shit too, right? Because that's part of the game. But I'm happy yeah. for them and I'm really happy for myself because I'm like, they I, got that I from was, me. I was yeah. yeah. It's like it's like. But anyway, um, what I was gonna say is I can teach anybody how to shoot in less than one year, but it takes at least twice as long to teach them how to win. Right. That's because totally the shooting different. is is a, is an aspect of it. Oh, of shooting it. is, is shooting an, an is aspect. a minor portion of it. You know what I mean? Uh, yep. 
I had a I, I was shooting the Texas State Championship. I think it was last year. And I had this young girl come up to me. And after like a couple of matches, we were tied. And then I'm just sitting there bullshitting with some friends, right? And we're just sitting there. And she come up to me. And she's like, hey, Eric, uh, you and I are tied. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Good job. She's like, yeah. He goes, I'm, I might I might just take you out this year. Because I won it three times by then. And she goes, I might just, you know, maybe this is my year. You know what I mean? And I'm like, okay. You know, at that point, I'm like, okay, game on, right? Yeah. And I said, yeah. I said, hey, you never know. You know, you're, you're doing well. I said, do you ever choke? She goes, yeah. I'm like, well, just don't choke and you'll be fine. And she's like, okay. And she walked away. <laughs> and she walked away. And all the other guys, I mean, I was sitting around, you know, national champions and record holders and shit. And you're like, and they're like, you're a fucking dick. And I'm like, hey, she asked for it. Yeah, Guess what happened started. the very next match? She choked, like, can't believe. You know what I mean? But I, see, I put that in her head. Yeah. And the minute she walked away, all the other, you know, like I said, national champions and record holders, and she, they're like, you're a dick. Because they knew what I they did. They knew what right? you did. They knew what you but did. She, she didn't, didn't know, know what, what I did. did. Yeah, uh, <laughs> she didn't know. And she went and choked. And, and uh, But you know what? I've been keeping an eye on her, and she just won a, a pretty major championship, you know, just a year later. And I'm like, hopefully she learned from that experience. You know, I had you to put her a little Easter egg yeah, for her, and, and she found it. Hopefully she found it, and she's like, okay. And uh, and one of the worst things that that the top shooters would do to me that I did not know at the time is when I was shooting really well, you know, the guys that I thought were invincible. They'd come up to me like, oh, man, Eric, you're killing it, man. Good job. Good job. That that, that was enough to, to make me choke because all of a sudden now now I'm not shooting my game. I'm shooting to maintain their expectations of me, right? Like, I, I can't fuck up now because what are they going to think of me? And guess what happens? You fuck yeah, you up. Fuck up. Yeah. You know, you put that, you know, you, that's all you're thinking about. Instead Little of seeds. Well, instead of thinking about what you need to be doing and, and instead of maintaining what you should be doing, so I'm going to leave you with this. How many of you are about to clean a stage and instead of just focusing on what you've been doing, you start thinking, oh, my God, I'm about to clean it. I'm about to clean the stage. I can't believe I'm about to clean it. Holy shit, this is good. And then you freaking throw one in the dirt. Yank one. Yeah, that's, that's the minute you start thinking about that, you need to remind yourself, oh, whoa, whoa, stop. You literally have to talk to yourself and go, okay, stop. Let's get back to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. What have you been doing to get these exactly. hits prior to yes. this? The minute you start thinking, I'm about to clean it, you're about to drive one in the dirt. So stay focused and you'll be fine. But if you break yeah. the focus, that's, Dude, that's it. We can do, and this is, we are two hours and 50 minutes into this episode, which is, wow. I believe, a record, which, hey, look, I couldn't have picked a better guest to do it with. Uh, but we uh, we just did an intro for our next episode on the Just F Senate podcast with Eric yeah, Cortina because it. that's that. Look, what I tell you, I said anybody that I have on in in really any topic that we talk about, it is equally, if not more so for me than anybody listening to this uh, right now. And so and, and really, I'm 
you are going to be preaching to the to the people who you need the the congregation needs to be listening when you're talking to me. <laughs> yeah. So uh, well, I can't I, I, I can't wait for that. Yeah, I hope that's helpful. And like I said, I'm doing my I'm starting my reloading series on Patreon, and I uh it's I wish I could tell you guys more here, but it's just so it's this is going to sound crazy, but it's so simple that it requires a long explanation because. You to make that, you believe that it's simple, that it works. To make you understand exactly. Well, you saw that that quit chasing the lance video. I had to make two of them because I made one and people are like, no, that's bullshit. You know, you're still chasing the land. And I had to make a second one to explain to them like, no, 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 no. It's really is this simple. This is this is what I mean. And still, if you read the comments, they're like, no, no, no. You're and I'm like, I'm done. I'm two. Two is all you get, you know. And and it's really hard to really explain and show. Whereas on video, I can literally show the process. And and I think the main thing that video does is you've seen me do it. And then you're going to see the results. And I'm like, look, there's no freaking, there's no Ooh. hidden tricks. There's nothing. This is this is what I'm doing. These are the results. Go do it for yourself. You know what I mean? But yeah, absolutely. that's what I'm hoping. And, and I'm hoping. And the other thing that video does is you can play it over and over and over and and. Absolutely. And anything that you missed, uh, you know, you can watch a hundred times. If so, uh, like like me, I, I that's something well, you just hit on a really good point. People like me, learners like me, um, I have extreme ADHD and dyslexia. Now I don't have extreme dyslexia, but it it, it does rear its head quite mm-hmm. frequently. But ADHD is pretty bad. So uh, for me, like reading a book. If I read a page, there's a good chance I'm going to have to go back and read that page right as soon as I'm done reading it. i got to start it over again. And the same thing even with video. It may be not as bad, but it's still it's awesome on video, a recording instead of a live thing. I can like, whoa, what what was that? I'm going right. to go back 20 seconds and then start uh, and get it. It may take three times for it right. to sink into my and, thick and, head. And, and, and you know what? Sometimes it's not how many times you watch it, but when you watch it. So, for example – uh, and people don't know this, but over on my Patreon, I shared. Uh, have you ever read Secrets of the Houston Warehouse? No. Holy shit! You got okay. You got go to my Patreon. It's free. Uh, it's on. It's on, I think it's on the public. If not, Google it. It's called uh, Secrets of the Houston Warehouse. The okay? Houston, like Houston, Houston Texas. Warehouse, like Houston, yeah. Texas. Yes. So these these banter shooters had a a uh, a warehouse, and they built an indoor, hundred yard range, and this was an operating warehouse, so they would come out there at night and shoot all night long and put everything away and then in the morning and then come back the next night. Or or they'll stay there through the whole weekend, right? And these were venture shooters that were testing everything, like everything. But anyway, if you read that, it's it's a fascinating article. But go read Secrets of the Houston Warehouse and save it, Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna put that on my website because it's 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 one of those that I read every year. I, I tend to read it every year, and every time I read it, I pick up on something different based oh, yeah. on my knowledge at the time. You know what I mean? Because there's yeah. so much stuff you that understand you something that you didn't understand where you're like, oh my god, it stands out now because Correct. you know exactly what it's so, talking about. So it's not so much how many times you read something or watch something; it's when. On your knowledge level, do you watch it? Because you're going to pick up on different things. Get that and understand. So that's why it's so important for me to put it on video, so that people can go back. Because not everybody's at the same level, right? And people are going to watch it today, and most of it, or some of it, or you just never know. 
it's not going to make sense. And they can watch it again in a year and then go, oh, shit, I didn't pick up on this then. Okay, it's, a there, whole, it's, it's a whole different video at that point. Correct. The content correct. is the exact same, but it's a whole new video to them because of, like you said, their knowledge base. Correct. So that's why it's so important for me to put it on video. And like I said, uh, the only – like I'm literally having to take off days from work. And that's why Patreon is so important uh, – to make this happen, you know. Uh, the other thing, I, I didn't, I didn't finish my thought earlier about people saying, "Oh, he's this guy is just money hungry." No, I, I, ha- <clears throat> I actually had to hire an editor to edit my, my main, you know, my text of Barnuminium's videos. Yeah. So that I could have enough time to do this, right? So, so that money that I'll, I'll be making, it's, it's, it's being it's spent going, on an it's editor. Gotta, yeah, it's, yeah, 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 going with something I, I, else that you typically correct. wouldn't have to. If I didn't hire an editor, I wouldn't have time to to even be talking to you right now because I'd be editing a video right now. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Because uh, that's what I would do. It's every night I'd be editing editing videos because I do three videos a, a, a week on my on my other channel. Sure. And it's just a lot of editing. But anyway, the point is, um, because of them, I'm like, okay, I can afford. Like last week, I stayed home. Uh, I took a day off so that I could shoot video for reloading series and things of that nature but well, anyway I'm gonna, sign, I'm gonna sign up for it uh either tonight or tomorrow i'm gonna sign up with now that i know that it exists i'm going to yeah, I'm go check it out and like Patreon i said it's it's uh, it's already it already has one video out there about how to set up your full length size to die and uh when you see it send me a message or text me or something and and tell me if that is not the simplest freaking way ever that you have ever not not only seen but even heard from anyone on how to set up I can't wait. Size to die. not only not only that the simplest and the most accurate way see this is this is where i kind of pride myself is not only am i going to give you the most accurate way i'm also giving you the easiest way all in one yeah you know what that's I mean? what i love is exactly. easy and effective Right. Like I said, it's so easy and effective equals uh, efficient. Right. So that's 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 my whole thing. But anyway, go sign up for Patreon and go watch that full length sizing video and text me and let me know if again, Um, I searched all over and I haven't found anybody that does that. You know what I mean? Most people don't even know how to use a freaking caliber. Right. Yeah. (laughs) That fourth way. Did you see that one with the fourth way? I don't think I saw the fourth way. There's four ways you can measure with a caliber. You only know three, don't you? One, two, three. Yeah, I guess you're right. I only know three. Yeah. go. Uh, that one's on YouTube. Go watch okay. that YouTube video on how to use calipers. And that's what I'm saying. It's like most people don't even know how to use the tools that, that we have. Uh, and once you once you discover the fourth way, it just opens up a whole other freaking dimension. Dimension, And you're like, holy shit. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, you start thinking different. And that's how when I discovered the fourth way, to, and this all ties together. When I discovered the fourth way to measure with calipers, is how I was able to set up my die so accurately and so fast that. But anyway, go watch. I'm gonna it do it. I can't wait. I, I'm excited. <laughs> all you right, man. Be staying up all night. But Eric, again, 
thank you so much for coming on this podcast. When I asked you, I wasn't sure if you were going to be interested in doing it or not, and you were very receptive and, and seemed excited about it, and so that made me even more excited about doing it. This is so my I first one. This. this is my first podcast. Hey, so like I, hope, I said, I said, yeah. in, I, I said my last episode, I said, I'm going to get Eric on soon. I said, I might be popping his podcast, Cherry. I don't you know. You are. You are. But I, I've never yeah, done it. it I, I, you know, I didn't know it was going to be this much fun. I mean, uh, hell, we can go all night. So we're going to look, I'm, I'm going to hold you to it. I, you're coming yeah, on again let me know. and we're going to do, we're going to do a literal deep dive on, on mindset. Like yeah, seriously, that's, cause that's, that's, that's what I struggle with in, in my, you know, I feel like I, maybe I'm delusional. I don't know. I feel like I'm a better shooter than I am a performer, like in, you know, in matches. Yeah, and my my scores I don't feel reflect my actual shooting ability. Yeah, so, I mean and that's I an a, easy cop out to say to something. I mean that's easy like oh yeah I'm better than what, but I really feel that way. I mean and and like I said maybe I just suck ass. I don't know. I mean, so, <laughs> well, but maybe you suck ass because of your software, and that's most yeah. people's. Oh, problem, I'll, you know? I can't wait to update. I'm always looking to update my software. I have I have handed my rifle like literally after I had one. A, a state championship. I had leftover ammo. I had just won a state championship with my rifle, the third in a row. And I had leftover ammo. And I handed my rifle to a, uh, I think he was about 19 at the time. I said, hey, you want to shoot my rifle? It was the last string of the day, the championship, you know. And he's like, really? I'm like, yeah. I said, I got leftover ammo. You can shoot it. He couldn't believe it. He was so happy. I set it all up. And guess what? All of a sudden, the rifle didn't perform as well. You know what I mean? But it was, it's, it's, he has that mental block. You know what I mean? But anyway, yeah, yeah we'll do an episode on that. We're going to get into that. That's important cool. stuff. Very important yeah. stuff. All right, man. All right. Cool, dude. Have a good evening. We're going to sign off here. Just stay All on right. real quick, and I'm going to sign off here on the, uh, where's the, can I, can I do my sign off like I do on YouTube? I'm Go like, ahead. All right. I said, I hope all your groups are one whole. There you go. I got. I don't have a catch line. It, mine's like a, a motherfucker or something is my catch line. I got to come up with a catch line, a sign-off catch line. So anyway, just hang on. Hey, pre- guys, appreciate you listening. Uh, if it is three hours in and you just got three hours of uh, nothing but a, a literally nuclear holocaust of knowledge bombs. So I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. And, hey, you guys stay tuned uh, for uh, the next time I got Eric on because it's going to be, I think, equally and it's, I think, even more beneficial even for me. So, uh, yeah, y'all, y'all uh, stick around and we'll, we'll catch you on the flip.